Hello everybody! It is this time of the week again where I will hopefully upload my podcast on time. This time around, I am again being with a friend of mine. David is over and he did stay the evening. We did have good dinner together. And we're now sitting in the middle of my living room on the floor like a civilized person. The reason being that it's quite dark outside already. It was warm the whole day. And my desk is quite small. So we have the beverage in front of us, sitting across from each other, and are going deeply into a couple of topics. This time around, I will also open up a lot about a couple of stories I had about my life in Japan and about my current struggle with my job. But I will talk to David about his background, how he came to learn psychology. We also talk about struggle in life, how you can overcome it, and what are common misconceptions about psychology and philosophy as well. We're both avid learners and readers of philosophical books, so we get into this topic as well. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you like it. Let's get into it. Hi, David. Hi, Cast. Um, we are just now sitting across in my living room. I'm sweating my ass off because <laughs> it's so warm. Um, and we are determined to get one podcast episode done today, I guess. We are. We are. Um, the weekend, today's Sunday. So we both got to go to work tomorrow and we're going to push this out now. Um, I usually start with my, my guests that they start like a short introduction about themselves, who they are, if, like anything important that happened in your life. Um, where did you, do, did you study something important? What is your interest, hobbies, kind of like this. Um, I generally don't talk about myself, so <laughs> people listening to this so generally no don't. To use. <laughs> yeah, well, you can do questions, but like, um, I, I assume that people that regularly listen to this or will regularly listen to it in the future, and I hope that's going to be a lot, um, <laughs> that these people will kind of get to know myself without me talking about myself every time, right? I don't need to say every time that I learned Japanese that I came from from that background. It's so important you should kind of start to. Sure, yeah. Get to know that and get to know that through my, my explanations, my, my podcast explanations. Right. So, but it's very important for, for the guests every time to, to find yeah, something. Yeah, sure. Nobody will know something. me. <laughs> yes. So, it's your turn. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm David. Um, I live in Düsseldorf and I'm uh, 29. I studied uh, psychology um, in uh, the Netherlands, actually. And... Um, I I enjoy uh, moving. Actually. Moving? Yeah, I enjoy like, moving. What, like, like, like sports or? Like doing sports, yeah. Right. Like doing sports uh, that are not um, focused on the uh, quantity of movement, but on the quality. Right. Because that's like my, my main focus. I'm not uh, someone who will run a marathon. Not in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm not lifting heavy weights or doing something else spectacular. But I do assume that I am kind of I, I'm kind of skilled in controlling my movements and um, controlling the quality of my movements. So like uh, how to move rather than how much I move. Right. And I like to learn uh, arts in that direction, like mm -hmm. uh, how to move better, how mm -hmm. to move more skillfully and more aesthetically mm -hmm. also. That's why I like to dance sometimes, sometimes. Not, not very skillfully, <laughs> but uh, at least uh, I enjoy it. And I also did some martial arts in the past. And maybe in the future as well. <laughs> oh, hopefully. I mean, yeah. And and that part we have the same background. So yeah. um, I never talked about this yet, but maybe this is the first time. Yeah. Um, I have a background in martial arts as well. I kind of learned it for a couple of years. Did some tournaments. Not really good. Not very professional either. But just like what, what did you do? Um, mostly jujitsu. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the Japanese part of it, not the Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah. But it's basically the same, but with it's it's similar. Like our fights were similar to what mixed martial arts is like nowadays. Okay, it's just not full contact. It's light contact, and you got points on how often you hit someone. So more like the karate. Is it like um, like point stuff. fighting? Really, like it is point fighting, but from standing to um, floor, oh. and you can get people in chokes. You can get people in arm bars, and if you get one, you get points at one basically okay, at okay. that point so it's it's a little weird mix are um, you wearing protectives light protectives like okay. you protect your hands you don't do bare knuckle fights you yeah. do like the light <laughs> grappling hands you have from mm -hmm. mma right yeah um and that's it like you don't wear headgear um, because you should you're not supposed to use headgear because you just lightly touch someone and just smack someone in and even if um, the human body is quite resilient and you, <laughs> you don't really just fall down when someone knocks you yeah. over for once, like um, sometimes happens if you're just unlucky, but mostly generally. But do you lose lose points for hitting too hard? I, I believe so, yes. I believe so. I was so. always uh, curious um, about that. I, to be honest, I did only go to the two tournaments I think I did in my life, but all were before I was... Was I 18? I think I was just 18 at that point. Um, so nothing really good. Like more like amateur level style. Like no, not the professional stuff, right? Um, and I had the problem of hitting too hard often. Okay. In training at least. Like at one point I knocked out a friend of mine during training. It was not good. Yeah. But it was just like... A straight counter hit so he just ran into my fist basically and yeah. i got his whole weight in there and everything and he just lay flat for a couple of seconds but but you had like regular not regularly but it, it happens more often <sighs> not really in, in my group not really because i was the only one that i didn't like the rules because the rule was no straight fists to the head mm -hmm. only so you could do a hook only hooks yes okay. and i always made the mistake of Knowing because I also had experience in boxing. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing you do in boxing is um, hit the head. Yeah. You do hooks, of course. And you do hooks from underside, from the left side, from yeah. right. But um, you also do a lot of jabs, straight jabs. Yeah. 
and that's the one you're not allowed that's the one you always do to get your distance you always do and i always fell into the trap so it wasn't too good for me but i also used my 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 length so i'm pretty long and thin so i don't weigh that much but i use my long legs to my advantage user so low kicks it was Um, always i was always curious about that that part of uh, ruled fighting because like like uh, if it's really if you have these rules for not hitting too hard like in boxing not hit do you mm. do not hit too low mm. um, and someone does it either way so and that injures or at least mm. gets the other fighter off their focus yeah so how do you um, reconcile for that how do you do make even yeah, it's, again it's, it's interesting man. yeah I I don't know how to how to really make that that even anymore because. Depending on the advantage that you've gotten, you might need to forfeit the whole fight because, yeah. like, if someone kicks you in your nuts, like, you're out yeah. for for a time until you you really get that pain and and the adrenaline overpowering it. Um, and if you can still walk, then that's that's good for the first time, right? Yeah. But uh, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know how to make this this completely fine because it will never be. Like you can't just give someone one strike for for hitting you in the head and say, okay, well, you got one more and maybe you knock the other one out and then you might be disqualified in the third one. But if you do it twice and that's enough to to weaken the other the enemy well enough that you win the fight, um, you still win it, right? Yeah. So you would then actually be um, be better off if you foul twice. Yeah. Like yeah. like it's it's good sportsmanship I guess but uh, still you have it like in in, in all sports but I uh, have to think of uh, the boxer who, who bit by bit the the other yeah, uh, the enemy in the ear I don't know yeah. was it it was in like, Germany right was it yeah was it was Klitschko it? fights I, no I don't know I don't know who was I it I, I thought it would would have been Mike Tyson wasn't Mike it? Tyson he was bit yeah no no he 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 bit he bit someone in the ear really I guess so. I don't know. I maybe, maybe, maybe it was someone else, but uh, like that's that's tough. They they continue to fight. Yeah. So and then I mean, there's there's bunch of people that continue fighting with a dislocated arm, dislocated shoulder, or something like that. Yeah. Because in that moment, you don't you realize it, but you don't really realize it at some point. <laughs> like if you continue going on, like, oh man, my, my arm is not working anymore. Of course, you're going to realize, but you can't do anything against it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you just—it's just dislocated. So someone needs to relocate it after. So after three minutes, you just got to get out, get it back in. Yeah. Um, but the adrenaline like keeps you it, going. It helps you. It helps yeah. you <laughs> like I, I went um, bouldering recently. Well, yeah. more than recently, but um, the Corona pandemic now just just pushed it all the way back. But I I went bouldering and I fell down for like two or three meters high. And just crashed with my arms straight, and um, got up, stood up, and looked into the round. People usually like do a half circle around you, and look at you. And um, unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, I thought my arm was good. Yeah. So I looked at it and was like, "Yeah, cool. It looks good. Not no blood, no nothing. But it was looking ninety degrees in the wrong direction. So, <laughs> so it was just." bend in the wrong direction and um, it took a while to realize that because I didn't have pain and it's it's just a reality I I have to think of all the uh, compilation videos you had in in the past where you you really like uh, now you have them all over YouTube but 
in the past you had them like you could download them and then you, <laughs> you yeah. shared them with, with your friends right, right. and you have all these uh yeah these boxers kickboxers who had like this dislocated uh shins and stuff like yeah that. yeah like if people people um on wrestling as well a lot like if you, if you just get onto the ground wrong and get a twist and then yeah. you don't like you don't <laughs> You don't put power in the muscle to to protect your shins. They just go. It, it, stuff breaks quite easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, but usually it's not the main bone that breaks. That's where no. we have two bones. We have the shin and we have the other one. Yeah. And the other one usually breaks to protect the main bone. Is it like that? Yes. Uh, it's the that. same thing in your in your in your underarm. You have um, in German it's called the elle und die Speicher. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how what it's called in, in English those bones, but. Um, um, Apparently, we have those two because if 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 something breaks, the the easier the smaller one breaks, so we can still use the arm. That's but, but how does it work? Like if, if that's you, from if you break the the uh, the the one bone, then the other one. Like, like it, it. That's that's from from back in a, in the days when we were hunters and gatherers. Right? Yeah. So if if you have something something likely to be hurt and to break is extremities outside, very far outside. Yeah. yeah. So your arms are long. So the inner arm doesn't really need anything because it doesn't not much happens on your on your upper arm. But the lower arm, if something happens, someone bites you or breaks your your arm, um, you have basically a fallback mm -hmm. arm. So half of it can break, so that you can still use it to do something, even mm -hmm. if it's really painful or something. But you can still use it. Okay. okay. Um, so you fall on it, and the one 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 breaks. Yes. The other one is still. Yes, it's still working. You can still use your arm instead of it just flopping around and yeah. doing nothing. And that's apparently with you, with your legs as well. Okay. Apparently, I, I'm not sure if that's true. So I'm not. Um, not a doctor. I'm not definitely not a doctor, <laughs> and I don't want to spout not, nonsense. But I mean, not the recommendation to jump off high cliffs now. <laughs> that, that, I, I mean, if you believe me, though, I, I think I'm I'm right about that, but I'm not not yeah. really sure. I I heard the story somewhere. Um, so. It's, yeah, it might, could be. It, it could could be true. Could be true yeah. Sounds sounds like it's. Uh, And it could could be an evolutionary uh, yeah. system that yeah I, I think it could also be um, like a, a benefit of sorts sometimes like really if if you if you break something short it makes sense to have a fallback there like we have fallback in all all kinds of situations especially in technology nowadays right yeah if you if you have you need to make backups of everything um, and so that the nature also does a backup of your arm partly. To, yeah. to help you out in the hard situations what makes sense and it's like yeah it, it's it's not if you say it like that then it sounds like uh nature nature looked at us but yeah of course we did look at nature see the redundant uh, systems and we designed our systems well, like that I don't, didn't we <laughs> I, i don't think we we looked at nature to come up with the the, the concept of a backup don't you think that no Like I don't think that also looking at ourselves will help us come up with with a backup because it's. I think the natural thing is to 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 sit down and think. Okay, this is what we have, and how do we preserve it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But think about it. Like, if you have like you you are a hunter gatherer. Yes. You have one child. Yes. And then you say like, oh, okay, I need I need, need that a second child. child. So to to uh, like if I can't hunt anymore, yeah, I need that child. What if that child gets gets hurt, gets injured? Yeah, right. What do you need? A new child, a second child. Or what? If, what if it dies? 
Like it's, it's, it really sounds harsh, but yeah. it's the first thing that popped into my mind. And I guess like um, we have that redundancy all over uh, the nature. Like uh, different trees have like they, they don't have only one uh, main what is it like what is it called in Branch. English branch. Yeah, yeah. All the branches that are um, sticking out, they are not all you know, all necessary. But well, <sighs> sometimes like like you have a branch that is that is. Uh, that is needed there, and on the other side you have one like that is redundant. You don't need it. Well, that's not really true because a tree um, gets energy through um, through the sunlight. Right? Yeah. It gets gets falls on the leaves and the leaves whatever the system is called again. I forgot it right now, um, and it makes energy for the tree. And the same with the roots of the tree. Yeah, and both of those places they have like. The the circum circumference, umfang, circumference. Yeah, the circumference um, is much 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 bigger inside. So it like on the outside it 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 needs to be big enough so you have enough space where where the sunlight goes on, and then in the inside of the of the leaf the leaf is just really so where the light gets into and it yeah. it makes um, makes gets the process going. But like if you have less branches. You get less light on this, so you get less energy. Yeah, yeah. And right. if you don't spread them out enough, then um, the light doesn't go in. So if you if you start with smaller branches and go bigger branches on the top, yeah, yeah. then the light only falls on the top, and the, the lower branches don't get hit. So in that, I, I don't really follow follow yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, that that idea there, but I I guess you could say that nature intended for us to have backups as we all want to have children and we want to have many as some might die in the end. So we need always to have more children. Yeah. I mean, at least if it's not for us, it's for our society or, or like us as, as, as animals to live on. Yeah. Right? Species. A yeah. species. Correct. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, to be, to be uh, honest, yeah, it can't, it can't be like, it's not the same. The backups we have nowadays are not like no. second child, but no. I mean, for, for, <laughs> some like might, <laughs> for some people, it might be a second child, right? <laughs> I, I think there are still, still parents out there that think of their children as not just the su successors, but really the people taking care of them. Um, us here living in Germany, most of it might be in, in older ages, um, people might just be shoved off to some service provider yeah the 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 um, like old people home or something like that um uh, shared living or something like this yeah. and while not many go back to family and get treated by their own child their own children right it's not necessary it, it's not necessary anymore because we we designed our, our concepts around it and made made it a professional service at that yeah. point right people are making money from taking care of your old mom yeah it's division of labor correct which makes us more efficient yeah it, it makes sense yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying it yeah. doesn't make yeah. sense yeah. I'm just saying that um, in other countries it's different yeah. there is also still places where people don't um, send the mom away to, to a different place but where the mom just comes back or the father comes back to, to live with 
his son, his his uh, or his daughters, or whatever, for someone to take care of them, right? And not just you, you, right now. It's 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 distributed differently. You you pay money for this service, but in a lot of places, it's still a service that you yourself need to do, um, like your parents did for their parents, and like it goes all the way up the ladder. Right? Yeah, yeah. And there are two parts, I guess. Like, the, the one, like, you don't have the systems going and you have the necessity to um, to take care of your uh, parents when mm -hmm. they are old because there's, yeah, the, system aren't, aren't, the systems aren't there or you don't have enough wealth in the, uh, in the country that you live in. But the other part might be collectivism versus individualism because mm -hmm. it's more uh, accepted in Germany to um, to send your parents away mm -hmm. and don't take care of them yourself. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely something we... Um, I believe we didn't really evolve to do in the beginning. Um, as you might say, it, we we needed to do it at some point. If the person gets too old and we can't really take care of them anymore, so they naturally get left behind, um, or they they want to get left behind by themselves. Like a lot, you see it a lot of animals, like cats or something. If they see that they are dying themselves, they just go outside somewhere else and yeah. die somewhere where there's no one around. They know die in the forest. Yes, um, because they don't want to want to keep anyone behind. Probably. Yeah. I mean, and maybe we have that as I, I actually don't know. So I'm talking off my ass right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know what 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 we did back in the day. If people really like decide for themselves to just go leave the tribe and, and and die, or if people were just dying from accidents with like wounds or animals or just um, tended to die like like, like that way, or were they like left it, behind it, by it, their tribe? It would. It would make sense to to have it like evolutionary. It would, it would make sense to to. At a certain point, don't try to maintain uh, the contact to to all these people and yeah. try to keep them alive. Um, and you can see, like at least the the attitude of some old uh, older people, which are um, which are insisting on their lower priority and their lower uh, importance. Mm. when they get older like mm. it's uh, don't focus too much on me I'm not the future like it's mm. it's about you mm. uh, you you can see that in the attitude and mm, yeah it, it would it would point that way yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense yeah I, I never thought of that before you noticed it right now but that makes a lot of sense to 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 think of it that way that well well it's not really Nowadays, it's not necessary anymore, right? It's not necessary to just push away and think, and think like, oh, yeah, I'm 80 years old, so leave me alone. I'm, I'm done anyways. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that doesn't really make sense because, in my opinion, all, all humans are equal. And yeah. it does not make... I, I don't... Do you, so, do you know the example um, when a 15-year-old child dies right mm -hmm. and then people tend to say oh he was so young she was so young it's so sad they had the whole life ahead yeah um but i always think of myself then but what if an 80 year old person dies 
that's equally, if not much more sad, because there's so much knowledge that dies with that person, so much wisdom that dies with that person. So shouldn't we be sad about that as well? Like that if a hundred year old person dies, like so much knowledge, wisdom, and so much living history in that person that dies, that that person can't think anymore, and that that we all lose. Um, rather than the potential of the 15-year-old who might or might not um, do nothing in their life. Like, it, it's, it's always on potential. Like, people yeah. always talking, oh, yeah, he's 15 years old. He had so much up ahead. Yeah. But are you sure that that is? No, you don't. You're just saying, oh, it's so sad a child died, which I can understand. Yeah. But it should be at least the same, if not more, even be sad if an old person dies because they have so much so much more as well to to give as well even though they're physically not where they were anymore but they are some of some old people are still mentally like fit you you can't really come there's younger people nowadays yeah. that have less they tougher <laughs> like the less, yes they have less like mental capacity than an old 80 year old person nowadays yeah. and it's getting worse and worse nowadays but still like I always think back and that that is a very bad um, example, in my opinion, because <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't I be able to to decide, to be honest. Like if, if you get the choice, say, OK, kill the old person or kill the young person. Most people would say, yeah, that's easy. I kill the young person. I kill the old person. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I would argue that that might not actually be the right choice. For the old person, they would say, yes, I'll die soon. So take my life. If I help somebody else to stay alive, I'm more than happy to. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. And the young person, I don't know. If someone might say, yeah, I want to live, let the old hag die, let the old guy die. I also understand that. Yeah, yeah. I would also understand if the young person argues and says, well, it's maybe it's my, my fate. I don't want to. So rescue the other person. So that's there's both options there. And... Um, there's also both options for the old person, right? If the old person says, well, I really don't want to die. I know now, now notice that I really don't want to die. I'm scared of death. I don't want to die. Yeah. That's also not a possibility. But I don't think there's a good solution or an ethically no. correct solution. Both no, solutions please. are bad, even though we're trying to make ourselves believe that the correct and ethically correct solution is killing the old person, yeah. which I don't believe is true. It's something that we can't solve. I guess you can say something for for both uh, sides. Uh, I still think that I like cognitively um, would 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 still opt for uh, for the not opt, but I can I can better understand or grasp the the choice for uh, the younger person uh, living because of the uh, the potential. Mm-hmm. I, I know that the potential is only only in my imagination or in, in yeah in, in the blue, but still, it's it's potential rather than yeah, not a lot of potential, actually. But that's I, I guess I, I I already said it. It's it's not it's not solvable, and on that point, it's pretty interesting because we maybe or we we most definitely. <laughs> need to mm, we will we'll try to solve it in the near future 
when AI, AI com, comes around driving uh, the cars. That's definitely one of the central um, central problems we're having with AI and self-driving cars right now. That it's not really the technological issue. Yeah, we have issues with that as well, of course, because there's a lot of data that needs to be transmitted to to get the cameras and the IR sensors and everything working together. Yes, and for the AI to figure out if that really is a moving truck or if it's a wall or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Of course, but we but can solve that. We can solve that in the yeah. near future, definitely. The ethical issues, though, are much, much more difficult to solve. I believe, yeah, yeah. and it's it's going to be be a big problem. And I don't think we can solve. We can we can only like decide what's what's our our temporary state yeah, on that. But that's the same thing. Um, if you are able to weigh up one life with the other life, um, can you weigh up two lives against one? Yeah. Is two lives better than one? There's the classical experiment of um, of the train tracks. So you have you have uh, your conductor, and you you have the power to control the train tracks from one direction to the other direction. And you yeah. see a train coming from one side, and on the other side, you have on the left side, you have um, workers on the um, on the trains on the tracks standing, three of them, and if you turn over the the um, um, the the tracks yeah, yeah. to from the left to the right, um, you save them. But on the other side, there is one person standing um, that will also get hit by the train. So you can't save anybody, but you can decide between three or one people. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know them, most people, a lot of people, will end up deciding yes, three lives worth more than one life. Yeah. So go over and kill the one person. Um. But what if you do three lives with us? Your mom's life, your sister's life. Like, Or just any children. Any child, yeah. yeah. Any child. Like, at what point does one life become worth more than three lives? Yeah. In theory, never. In practice, quickly. Yeah. Really quickly. Like, even I'm pretty sure even if there's 50 or 100 people on the left side, a lot of people will still say, no, I'm going to save my mom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, but even then, even if that happens, I think being in that situation must be so terrifying and yeah. so bad that um, you will need. I mean, you're the psychologist here, so yeah. psychological help <laughs> at one point, right? Yeah. And I once saw a scene on YouTube. I think it was Vsauce. Do you know Vsauce? No, no. Um, It's a really interesting YouTube channel. They do like educational videos about the cosmos and okay. uh, very interesting mm, thought experiments. And they did, I believe, um, that's where I saw this with the conductor. They set up okay. the training and made it look like you were sitting and being the conductor and tried to test people what they would do. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people decided, yes, um, I'm going to touch it. I'm going to take my fate in hand and rescued those three people and just have one person die. A lot of people broke down, didn't really know what to do. Um, so they really intervened immediately after that. This was just a test, no worries. Yeah. Had a psychologist with them, really could help guide them through the problem that happened, like the ethical issue right there, to to really, for them not to to get any, any issues beyond that because they were forced into such a ridiculously 
bad and sad situation. Yeah, and it was never never really tested. Like yeah. that's the first time I ever saw seen this test being performed in in, in real life actually. Yeah. Because it's always been a thought experiment, but never really someone set out and said, like, yes, this is what we're going to test now. What are people going to do? That was very interesting to watch. Did, did, they, did they find it like... Uh, did they have some kind of finding in the end about that? Um, it's interesting that I... that people tended to have... go both directions. I don't think they had a big number of people they tested. So they had like only 10 people or something. So nothing you can really say, okay, this is what we generally do. But all of them, like a lot of people tend to not look at it and yeah. be like, ah, it's, it's not something I can do about. And So they really, didn't act. They didn't act. A that's, lot of people did all, not act. That's very interesting. Yeah. Because like, like deciding and not deciding uh, is a big difference. Yes, like, like, there is uh, a difference. Are you getting active or yes. not? A lot of people that decided to act had bigger problems at the end because they said, maybe I could have some, done something better. They were more active out there and be like, okay, do it, put it to the left, do it, put it on the right. How can I save people? And some people really decided, well, yes, I can act now. I can rescue two more people than so I'm going to have one person. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people just decided to just blank it out of the head and be like, yeah. I don't want to have to do anything. There's nothing I can do right now. Kind of dissociation then. Correct. That is what's happening. Yeah. yeah. There's one one pretty interesting um, dimension in this um, uh, line of experiments. They made they made like they uh, differed the experiment in, in one um, specific element. They had like the the distance you were um, to to the uh, now not the distance but the action you will have to take. They, they differed that. So there is this experiment where you can uh, only have to uh, mm -hmm. perform like the switch left, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was like um, you standing on a bridge. And yeah. you can stop the train yeah. by pushing, pushing a real mm -hmm. big man mm -hmm. down. I know that, I know that. And the next part is, and then the, the, the big guy, obviously, he dies. Yeah, but he you, can stop the train to, he, yeah, he to can save stop the train. People. And the train will not crash into like the workers or yeah, there are different different um, yep. um, versions. And then the, the that was the, the second like distance pushing someone. And then the third distance was like you have a gun and you will have to kill him first and then push him. Yeah, yeah, push him because you cannot only push him because he's too big. Yeah. You will have to kill him. Yeah. So and the closer you get to that so the more proactively you will have to kill someone the less likely you are uh, people are in general to yes. perform that action that being said it's always been a thought experiment yeah so people For sure. always end up thinking something they are going to do and might not do it in the end yeah yeah so really that's why i was so surprised to see that on youtube that there is actually somebody testing it out in real life. Yeah. Well, not many people. It's just about 10 people, right? But um, really, someone testing something this ethically complex. On was, it, was it in a like, like really academic study or was it... Uh, it like unfortunately not. Yeah. It was just for this, this YouTube video. I, I, but guess, I guess they wouldn't have, uh, have had the allowance 
to do with yes, lack of I believe so. I believe so too. Um, I think th they made every effort to make it as good for the participants. But I mean, if you give someone this kind of choice, it's going to be hard for the person. Even if you have a psychologist immediately there to help them out, they are still going to need to work through this. Of I immediately have to look. I killed one person. Yeah, yeah. That's what the person needs to think about. Yeah, and. Even looking at, at, uh, at um, people that worked in the army that went out overseas to, to fight in wars, they have issues all the way back until the end of their own lives, feeling dread about killing someone, feeling dread about like making miserable decisions in life and stuff like this, or, or fear of, of war and stuff like this. But nobody really gets over this 100% always. Yeah. People get over it mostly. And if it's a small thing, yes. But for a normal person to just be like, well, I just killed someone. It's, I think, a really hard to deal with situation. And yeah. that's the only thing you can think of in that moment, right? I don't know how this works psycho psych psychologically, so maybe you can enlighten me a little bit there. But it, I believe that if you're sitting in front of a level, and it's just an easy decision, right? It's just move this left or right. And you have the power enough, it's not hard to do it's very easy um but at that point this level becomes much more than this it becomes really just a decision between three or one person living or dying and so people really tend to go into themselves and be like yes well i couldn't have done for instead of thinking about it stoically thinking well this is what happens i can't do anything about it they think about i killed someone Like, the worst case is something I did. Yeah. Um, even though they could not have done something about it because it was bound to happen. It was, in the end, an experiment. It's like, uh, when, when you think about that, I mean, you have to think about um, Carl Jung. The, mm -hmm. do, do you, like, have you ever heard about the integration of the shadow, which she talks about? Like, you have your, the side of, you, of yourself that you know, and then you have the shadow. The shadow is something that is not not conscious, mm. and um, if you haven't explored it yet, mm. you're quite naive about the world and about yourself, mm. about your capability to do evil or yeah to do to hurt someone else. And mm, if you think about like PTSD stuff like that, then um, so so someone coming, for example, from war, then mm. from war. Or had some other kind of uh, terrible situation, something happened to them, mm. in which they uh, they uh, experienced malevolence mm. from someone else or from themselves, mm. and they cannot process it. This so uh, in this situation, sitting in in this um, cabin of the conductor, and you see in yourself or actually recognizing that you yourself could turn that switch and you would be willing to let p three people die instead of mm. one or this one people die uh, one, one person die um, that actually signals to yourself oh wow I could have done that and that's if you are uh, naive in the beginning mm. then this can really really hurt you mm. But uh, the, yeah, if, if you think about Jung again, he is uh, he he thinks that everyone should integrate their shadow. So if you haven't met it yet, mm -hmm. and if you 
haven't um, overcome your naivety of mm -hmm. the child, like like you, you're not fully matured, mm -hmm. and um, it is if it is just when when you experience your shadow, your shadow, or if you have to come to know it, that you can be fully mature and fully um, psychologically uh, stable, because. Mm -hmm. You, you uh, if if you look at patients that are coming in and having PTSD, like post-traumatic stress disorder, then it's very often the case that they are not uh, able to deal with uh, with the idea of malevolence they uh, they experienced. Like they they cannot integrate it in their life. They haven't mm -hmm. had the idea that something like this could happen. That someone was willingly uh, acting out such such a terrible thing mm. and if uh, if you're naive like that then this hurts you even worse than mm. if you had the concept of malevolence in the world mm. like that there are people out to right. get other people yeah I, I believe it's much much harder to accept that your neighbor is a terrorist than hearing that somebody in a far distant, far away land was doing some terrorist attacks. Yeah, right. But if you really, if it's close to you, if it's not just your neighbor, if it's your brother, yeah. right? Your brother going out and, yeah, he just killed 100 people yesterday. It's like, whoa, yeah. I thought, yes, this could happen, but that is my own brother yeah. that just hid this from me and was this bad and malevolent to, to, to do that thing. Yeah. Like, I think that that's going to hurt much more. Yeah. But And the biggest step would be like I could be that person like right I could be someone right. yeah who gets into a situation to to where I hurt someone want to hurt someone mm -hmm. like really like yeah it's the the classic example is like uh, who who couldn't have been in Auschwitz God yeah like that's right. like think about it you you could be an Auschwitz God yeah that's like the the, the extreme of Yeah, you're thinking could, about your shadow. Yes, you could. If you're in a position of power and uh, the government, or in this case, uh, the the Nazis, uh, what is it called in English? Nazis? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's Nazis, the word. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, tell okay. you to just kill and gas a bunch of, bunch of Jews, right? Yeah. Yes, you definitely could be that person. And not just you, it could be me as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's the decision, yeah. It's. it's Yeah, how, how do you deal with that? Like, have you... So, two things here. First of all, how would you deal with that? What would, would be your... Second thing is, you said you you learned psychology in, in study. Yeah, uh, yeah. studied it. Have you... How much have you integrated in your life? How, where have you used it? And in, in, in where has it guided you in the correct direction? Where, where has it helped you out? And I want to know, like, kind of yeah. all, all, all of that stuff, right? <laughs> It's pretty interesting. If you if you think about um, studying psychology, yeah. then you uh, you don't really study. Uh, most of the people uh, that are talking about psychology and thinking, "Wow, that's interesting," they think about psychotherapy. Like yes, yes, definitely. Someone definitely. sitting there and uh, you you're working with people that are mentally ill at that yeah, point. Yeah, but psychology uh, as a study as a study program. Is um, the art and science, or more the science, of um, exploring the 
behavior and uh, the experience of the humankind. Mm -hmm. So it's not, uh, specifically not psychotherapy right. in the beginning. You have an academic study and you um, learn a lot about, about what, why do people choose to do what they do and how do they feel about it. Mm -hmm. like, so you could also address each other issues so like um, economic psychology and yeah. like there's, there's things like this right like how decisions are made in corporations yeah. and like the, the psychology between human um, like levels like if you're working with, a bo with your boss where, yeah, yeah. Where's, where's the difference in deciding is it easier for someone to say okay You're my boss. You can tell me what to do. Will I be swayed by you or not? Or yeah, something yeah. Yeah, okay. like leadership. Yes, yeah, leadership. Like yeah, 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 for sure. And yes, in, in my study program, it was uh, split into three uh, main parts: like clinical psychology, right? Um, um, social psychology, and um, you have the the brain and neuropsychology. <laughs> Stuff like so that. That's the that's, that's deep. That's biologically, more biologically mm, uh, based. And uh, the, I would say the most parts that I still like to use or like to th think that it gives me an advantage or it helps me in, in my daily life is for sure the social psychology. Right. Because you learn a lot about... Not 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 explicitly about this stuff that we are talking about, mm. like like uh, ethical behavior and stuff mm. like that. But uh, you learn uh, how people choose, and you learn that this this shadow exists. Mm. Like, and you learn why sometimes also like there are always theories. It's not uh, psychology is not a um, an exact uh, uh, science. So. It's not like physics, and I know yeah. like physics. They at least they, they also they they have uh, some un un uh, un uh, solved mysteries. Yeah, it's it's not none of the hard sciences, right? Yeah, right. So you, right. you can't really the, the prove it and say, yeah, well, this is how somebody acts under this. No, it's not because we are all individuals. We all do yeah. our stuff. We all have right. our own issues. And if someone decides to want to kill a child, well, they do that. Yeah. But a lot of people don't do that. So, and I guess like the the main part that I learned was not to take things too personal right personally because you really learn why people or you you really get get used to that that people are making decisions most often not based on their character but most often uh, because of the situation that's mm -hmm. like we we that's the main mistake that uh, that we as, as humans do like we are always attributing the, the uh, decisions of other people to their character, yeah. And um, but in, instead, uh, like no, not not instead, but um, in reverse, we always attribute our uh, decisions to the, uh, environment. the environment, right? And that's the fundamental. It's it, it's like called that. That uh, I don't know the English words. I guess uh, then the it's it's a fundamental attribution error. Yeah, I heard of that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. and. Then you have like a bunch of uh, experiments that are uh, that are um, manifesting mm. these kind of behaviors, and uh, they are. You can see that it happens, like the bystander effect. Have you ever heard about that? 
you heard about it, but maybe it's, you could it's, it's elaborate like, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's like um, if if you have someone um, who needs who's in need of help. Yeah. And um, you are going like like it's it's a park, for example, and you there is someone in need of help, like some kind of emergency. Right. And you have a lot of people around that are that are already uh, helping out. Not 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 really helping out, but they are around and can see that. I see. I see. Mm -hmm. Then you are less likely to help. Yeah. Even if they, if the other people don't, if the other persons don't don't help. Don't help. Well, I let, let me chip in here because I think I don't want to say you're wrong, but like yeah. I, I believe you're right. But I also believe that a lot of this has to do with um, that a lot of people have made the experience in this regard, especially if it's an accident or something. That the more people you have in this one group of helping the harder it really becomes in the end to help somebody. If there's... It's like in everything, right? You've got 80 people standing... 100 people standing there and 20 help in the end. 80 just yeah. look. Like, is the 20-80 split or even even less, right? It, it's the same in work environment, right? If you do work, 20 people really do the work and 80% yeah. is just going to sit on their asses and do nothing. Um, so, but I believe while it might... Well, completely, I completely agree with you that it, it's true that um, it is because, well, you look others, you think, yeah, it's going to be okay. I don't really want to get myself mixed up in this, so I'm just going to go home, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what most people think if they, if they see enough people around. It's basically an excuse to not get mixed up into anything that could hurt yourself mentally. Yeah. Um, or if, physically. Or physically, of course. Or physically, yeah. Um, so it's basically an easy way to get out um, an excuse yeah. um, that you tell yourself, and that's it in the end, right? If you if you change the lever to the left or to the right, yeah. you just explain it to yourself in a way you understand and you make your brain understand it um, that it's going to be right. It's going to be all right. It's your decision. Whatever you do, just don't touch it. You have nothing to do with this. Yeah. So you really make yourself understand your own logic. But yeah. it doesn't follow any logic anymore at that point. It's just keeping you, trying to keep you safe from, yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's like the story you tell yourself. Yeah. yeah. And um, while that is, is there, I think also it is something that um, if we don't have, if we're too many people and we don't have a management anyone that's leading all of these people like if you look at the at the fire brigade or someone people yeah. people wanting to there's so many times that that went bad because you didn't have someone coordinating everything but if you have coordination you can have 100 people working on the same issue that's fine if you don't have coordination even 50 people are too many and they just yeah. going to step on each other because everyone is doing the same thing and then two people get the idea oh let's get buckets and then 40 people follow and nobody is looking out where the fire is going. Nobody's taking the sand or whatever. Um, so really coordination there would be the key to really figure out if, if it makes sense to get in. What do Definitely. you think about that? Definitely. And that's, but that's like, yeah, it, it's, it makes sense. And if you, if you had like a bunch of people acting, and you see that there is already a lot going on. Then I would also say it's it's safer to to not really engage, but so or at least 
way to be coordinated by someone. Yeah. That's also what you learn if you're if you're like a first first aid first responder. Help. Yeah. yeah, first responder. Yeah, and the first responder is like coordinating everything. He right. can make commands, stuff like that. But in these experiments, the interesting thing is that nobody helped. It was like everyone everybody, was standing by. Everyone was wow. standing by. And uh, there is, uh, it was it was research after a really horrific and. Uh, also, like, it was a big newspaper case mm-hmm. in New York, I guess, uh, where a woman was stabbed mm-hmm. uh, in, in the in the, um, in the hallway of uh, of a big um, big building, mm-hmm. and um, all around that building there were people watching from the from the windows. Right, they could see that they could hear her screaming. And um, she was stabbed there. Then the assaulter, assaulter, yeah, he, he um, assailant, yeah, I don't know, like uh, yeah, the one who, who assailant, I guess, assailant. Okay, he um, he went, he went uh, away. Yeah, so he ran away. He he went he went away like right. he wasn't in a hurry. Oh, and then he came back. He came back. He stabbed her again. What? Yeah. And afterwards, uh, there was a big confusion because you could uh, see like all the windows. They had the lights on and they were looking and no one called the police. Wow. That is ridiculous. That is Because all of them saw like, oh, there is someone else looking. They someone are going to do something. Someone must have called the, the police. Wow. That was a pretty big newspaper newspaper case because no one could understand well, how could people yeah. not do that, yeah. and that's that's why they started doing these experiments. And Interesting. And, and you you can see a lot of like like um, remaking these experiences like on YouTube as well. Yeah. Like we are doing social experiments stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you you get the idea, and that's that's where it came from. Like that's when when social uh, psychologists thought like. How can that happen? Yeah, and they tried to explain it. Yeah, uh, yeah and they could see that, um, that the more you're um, you're uh, have the feeling that other people are around and they are also like not uh, not responding, mm-hmm. then you're um, also so there's the feeling of um, it being normal to to go f- go like uh, go go by and mm-hmm. don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Then the more likely you are to interesting not do anything. Yeah, the qu- question really is where, where does it come from? Why why is nobody taking act- action there and saying, well, um, I can be the one to help? Yeah, because uh, on one hand, yes, we might think about well, we we are too many people, so if I do it as well, they're going to be overwhelmed by calls or whatever. But I think unconsciously that is not really true what everyone is thinking there oh, no. like, you wouldn't be if you're a hundred people watching someone be someone be killed right there and just pull out not pull out your, your phone and be like like what what drives you to the point where you have so much trust in the person next to you you wouldn't trust in any other situation to do anything yeah you trust right now that they are going to make the right call to call the police yeah and why why are you suddenly able to in, in this extreme of course it's an extreme situation yeah. for everyone right if you see someone die right there 
staff twice actually yeah. um like what makes you able to trust that person more than yourself in this extreme situation i guess it's it's less about trust it's more about not not being uh or being afraid to stand out like we all want to be uh just like just like everybody else yeah and a little, we want to be a little bit different but still just like everybody else yeah. we don't want to we want to stand out a little bit to be feel like special but we don't want to be too special mm. because then we are not no longer part of the group mm. and uh, i guess that's 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 one part of it not to take too big of a risk to be an outstander mm. like to to be hard also yeah like if you are the one calling someone you might be harmed in some way you might yeah, of course. have to you you will be the one going to to trial and you will have to uh, to to uh, to say what happened that night and maybe the uh, the the one that stabbed this this uh, this um, woman will be in the courtroom with you yeah well i mean i don't think it's 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 on that part that people think about trial i think at that point people might just think about their own life right Yeah. If you call out and be like, "Hey, police!" and he hears it, he will just come to you, and maybe you get the knife as well. Yeah. Right. So uh, I completely understand where that fear is coming from. That, yeah. Um, that you really want to basically become part of the mass, so nobody really can recognize you anymore. So um, you have a bigger chance of survival. Yeah. True. Um, and th that's basically the same with what what herds of 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 like antelopes are doing, right? They just all one here. They're just going yeah. one direction. Yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom. If someone gets just pulled out, yeah, they just leave that that one behind. But they sacrifice that small part of the whole group for the good or better of the whole group. So the yeah. whole group just stays together. They run around together until they get away. Yeah. And if there's one or two pulled out and killed by wolves, that, that's yeah. completely fine. But that's what happens, right? The wolves generally try to separate the yeah, part from the pack. These ones will, will get will get uh, get hurt. Yes, definitely, yeah. and you know that. And I guess yeah. that's where it's coming from, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's our thinking as well. In that point, is like, all right, I stay one with the pack, so the wolf in this guy case, the one with the knife, won't yeah. come come after me. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's I, I I read something about this a while ago about um, what does it take to become a hero. Yeah, and um, they actually send people to um, like a hero that was also like a kind of YouTube um, uh, experiment I think okay. I don't know where or, or if it's what it was an, was a uh, uh, an article I read I don't remember but um, they sent people to like a hero academy kind of style where they learned what it takes to be a hero what it takes to speak out in situations that are uncommon yeah. right if, if, if we're all in an uncommon situation we can tend to get nervous we tend to have adrenaline and like after i broke my arm like nothing was normal for me i was talking gibberish i was being very nice to the people next to me but yeah. i was a very bad patient as well i was seeing in other people's faces and looked at the doctor who came in and was like, why are you laughing? It's not funny for me. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. I was a very bad patient as well, yeah, yeah. but I was also very thankful in my heart to the people next to me, to beside me, 
because I was just in a really bad situation at that point. Yeah, so yeah. the first thing I did was, well, the other person sounds so trustworthy. Let's just completely give everything to them and just put all my 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 life at that point. It wasn't my yeah, life. It was just yeah. my broken arm, right? But, but put it everything felt like in, that. It felt like that. Yeah, it felt yeah. like I don't have any palm. I can't do anything. But I just have these many nice people around me that can help me. And um, it, it wasn't feeling like bad in, 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 in the way that, oh, I can't trust these people in normal, but I can't, can't trust them now. It's just a really not normal situation for me at that point. So I tend to go, go this direction. And it's probably normal for a lot of people, right? Like if you're in a really weird situation, you know, you're in, a, in an accident, uh, car accident or something, you tend to not be able to deal with it immediately. Yeah, that's why we have division of labor. You said before, professionals, yeah. um, first responders that come out that help you, that explain the situation, that get you to calm down and shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and if that is that is done, yeah. you're in a good spot because then you have someone you can rely on and say, "Oh, they're gonna deal with it. Don't worry about it." Yeah. And they're gonna clean it up. But that's why a job like this, like in the military in the fire brigade, is really really hard as well because. You need to get adjusted to it and deal with these extreme situations. First. Yeah. But back to my point, um, back to the, the hero thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they were trained in, in telling, okay, what makes a hero, what makes a heroic decision and um, how to force it out of yourself, how to speak up in a situation of unjust. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. And then they had um, another experience of sitting people that were in this course on a park bench with other like actors um, and um, a just in front of a, um, a bus stop, and that was next to a um, old person home, right? Old living elderly, to shared elderly elderly uh, shared home yeah. thing. And there was an old person um, coming out in a um, in a wheelchair with a, a helper besides, and the old person was feeling thirsty. So she wanted to drink and asked the helper, please, can I have a drink? The helper said, no, you can't drink anymore. You drank enough today. I won't give you the water and had the bottle of water in their hand. And um, this way they tested if the people sitting on the bench, which who are obviously seeing what is happening yeah. because they were very vocal about it, um, seeing if they, if they would speak out after their seminar and, and try to figure out, okay, what is happening right now is unjust. So, the, do I give my water to them or do I say what are you doing why are you not having the old woman drink some water right? yeah, yeah. Um, and interestingly enough they, they found that it in the beginning really depended on not really it's like getting to know um, cyber security and I come to that later okay. but <laughs> the person not everyone was speaking out always yeah some were, some weren't. It, it really, in the end, depended on the on their own commitment to it. Even if you got the, the this hero training and speaking out, you didn't really necessarily speak out. Some people were just looking at the phone and just looking away and not really wishing to. Some spoke out in a much easier way and said, yes, look, I have a bottle of water here. You can have mine. Yeah. Um, others were like, why are you doing unjust? Others were looking to the, the people sitting next to them saying, look, look at this. Let's go in together so you have yeah. a group, you feel stronger to, to, to go against this asylum because if you're three versus one, you might not make a, a ruckus and just, just have them understand yeah, yeah. Uh, easier. So you don't really get into harm's way either, right? That they will attack you because that is 
even though we're living in such a modern society nowadays, that's always the the fear we have, right? The ultimate that, fear, yeah. Yeah, that we're getting attacked by. Yeah. Um, someone who's weaker than me, someone who's they might just pull out something and I'm just gonna be bad off. Right? Yeah, yeah. And um interestingly enough, um not like not all people that got the um this training spoke out actually. Sometimes someone else spoke out and not the person who got the training. And in the end they briefed everyone and said, Yeah, this was just a test, this is what's happening. And um that's when they really started to realize this is actually something I can use, this is something I should use and is good for me to the future to really get this thinking. And this is where I come to the cybersecurity part. No matter how much training you give people statistically on um, protecting their own computer from viruses and um, phishing mails. Yeah. People don't care. Um, they care once they got a phishing mail and once yeah. they get fucked over. Then they start to be like, shit, I did something bad. I need to do it correctly. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You really need to be in this situation first and realize it and experience it before you yeah. can be able to, to use your knowledge. So we, unfortunately, and unfortunately to, to my parents as well, um, they want to explain everything to me. Be like, this is what you do. This is what you do. This yeah. is bad. This is good. Yeah. And I'm just a stupid little me and I can't understand before I experience it. So whenever I say I want to do this and this and this, they always tell me, no, this is not good. This is good. And give me a direction to. And the only option I have is to evaluate their opinion. But in the end, I will decide for myself to, th to say, well, I would regret not doing it, even if it hurts me. So I got to do it. Yeah. Um, so in the end, sorry to my parents, but I got to try out everything, right? Yeah. I really need to feel this pain and this hurt. And I need to feel everything to really learn it and to to understand it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, it's that's, interesting. That's, that's it's really, it's really, really, really interesting. Man. And, and uh, on that point, I, I just read something like a few weeks ago about learning. And that if you are the one, like, like you're attending a class and you are, there's a question post to the class and mm -hmm. you are the one who raises uh, their hand and yeah. says something really like foolishly wrong, then you are the one who learns the most. Like actually you are the one that's, that's like, If you if you can be that person, like mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to manage always being that person, but then you will learn the most because you had that bad experience of that was wrong, and so, you will actually have an emotional spike that's associated to the learning. I completely get that. Like I, the the yeah, back in the day when the our faults were between life and death. Yeah, yeah. and if we failed, we died. And if we got out of that, um, we were really lucky. So we really then learned a lot to not do this fail again, because then we know. But you might only get one chance. Yes, so that's, that's the thing. You might only get one chance. But nowadays, you get chances, many chances, ever and ever again. Um, and still, we only learn if we really feel this failure, right? Yeah. And um, so I think we can use it a lot, oftentimes, for, for helping us learn. Right, and, and that's it's not uncommon. I think to just did, really did you figure out how to how to use it because I well, I find it really like like it's it's it 
could be a superpower in some yeah, kind of way. Pushing out of your disc, out of your comfort zone, seeking discomfort. Like that's the number one for me. Is yeah, yeah, um, for me this like this podcast is part of it. Yeah. Like, I think it took quite a while to get this out. I always wanted to have and do something like this. Yeah. Always felt like, oh no, I'm not the right person. I can't do it. I'm not good at it. Um, the same excuse people use for yoga, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not flexible. I can't do it. Well, it's part of it. You need to learn it, right? Yeah. So my part of right now is learning to speak, learning to listen, learning to podcast. Yeah. And every time I feel bad about it. You probably were nervous in the beginning as well. Yeah, yeah um, sure. But I might have been much more nervous because I'm the the person who should be guiding the way. I'm the person yeah, who should yeah. be a little bit, uh, not professional, but like a little bit, you got expectations for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't get expectations for you. Yeah, but yeah. you got expectations for me, so I can only disappoint you at the end. Yeah. So it's it's harder, obviously, <laughs> it's harder for me yeah. to to live up to your your standards there that you have set for me after listening to me or after ha- hearing me talk about it. Yeah. While I just think, well, you might be someone, you are someone I enjoy talking to. So yeah. I just want to talk to you in a like more long style format like this and and tape it in the meanwhile. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's. It's difficult to really figure out who was more nervous, but um, this is still part of me going out of my dis- out of my comfort zone and, and feeling and talking with a lot of people about topics I generally don't that much talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. And and putting myself out there. I mean, if yeah. someone comes on and says, sends a comment to me or a good comment, a bad comment, or something, I'm gonna take it too hard. I think in yeah. the beginning until I get used to it, and that's that's what I learned from it. Yeah. And the more, like, hopefully, there will be some bad co- comments coming in soon. I mean, I don't, have, sure. I don't, have, I don't have anything listed yeah. yet. So yeah. Nobody knows how to, how to connect to me because yeah. I don't have an email and nothing listed. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. might do this soon. But, but, but can't, they, can't, they, can't they comment on. I don't think there's a comment section well, anchor. No, no. No, I don't think so. Okay. So there's That's no way to, to, to contact me yet. <laughs> so right now, I'm just yeah. pushing out, but. Maybe someday I'll see a hashtag on Twitter or someone's yeah, raging yeah. about, about my podcast. <laughs> what is this stupid shit yeah. saying? I hate him so much, but I watch every episode he's doing. <laughs> this stupid Carson dude, what the hell? <laughs> maybe. And maybe I'm going to be butthurt then or be sad or whatever. And going to run away. But you will, you will I will have, learn will from that. Critic. You will have a critic then. Yes. That's, that, that's the good part, right? Yeah. Like, in saying... So much lately is becoming about left and right and black and white. Yeah. There's only two sides left. And I mean, we can go into details. I've been going into details a lot last lately. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's not bad to talk to people that have different or diverging opinions from you. No, it's never. Definitely not bad. It's, it's very good. It, <laughs> yeah. it helps you. Like, lately, uh, last time I, I talked about uh, with a Chinese friend of mine about Hong Kong. Yeah. And um, that they have a new national security law. Yeah. And um, a lot. He he opened my eyes in a lot of different ways for for that security law. That um, there are actually two sides to the coin. Right? There are the side of Hong Kong saying, well, of, of China saying, Hong Kong needs national security law because um, there has to be things that need to be protected yeah. while it takes away from their political freedom of choosing and and. And democracy in that part, there still is an argument to be made for having national security laws mm-hmm. and um, for having other powers interfering in Hong Kong matters 
even though it belongs to China, basically. Yeah. Right? Um, and there is arguments to be made for that. So I always, I really, really took that on board and I'm still thinking about a solution for myself. I'm not sure on either yet. So I'm, I'm still, still, still working on that. But that's the point. You're working on that. Yeah. You're not having an opinion, but you're, you're working on your opinion. That, yeah, that's, definitely. That's definitely. the good one. Because yeah. otherwise, you, you, so I, I, I can't have an opinion on that because I didn't talk to anyone else then. I, I, I was only reading like the, the, the titles of the newspaper mm. and they're saying, oh, that's all bad. That like China is, is uh, controlling Hong Kong, mm. stuff like that. And I haven't had the opportunity to talk to uh, this person or someone yeah. who's really like who can who can bring some some divergent thoughts into that. Yeah, and that's that's why I completely believe that it's, it's good to hear though. And a lot of people just block themselves off, right? They just you just go and only consume what they want to see, what they want to look at, what it's they want the to read. Part. Of course, it's the yeah. easiest part. I mean, if you if you If you always think that people always like to bath in, um, in, in what's it called, donkey milk? Donkey milk. Uh, yeah, that there's there's the saying, right? Yeah. Like rich know. rich people um, bath in donkey milk. Yeah. Isn't is, it? Is it is it German or? I don't know. Like English I, I, I just remember that from my old comic books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people used to bath in like donkey. what was it? It was donkey milk, I think, right? I don't know. Not donkey milk, but like people used to bath in milk, like. That's yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really? Know. No, no. Just me? Am I weird? Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck me. Like Maybe I'm weird. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Maybe I'm weird. But yeah, whatever. Like, uh, it's a bad example as well, though. But like, I mean, if if you believe that it's um, you should do your things this way, just only this way, and only do it this way, you're never going to experience other ways, yeah. right? Like, um, I mean, I got a lot of good example about that in, in my current job as well like because I'm working in a German company we do have international subsidiaries but yeah. like mostly in the German office and yeah. there's people there that I had my struggle with since starting like I've, I've been there for four years soon and in the beginning I came back from Japan mm -hmm. knew the Japanese work ethic and then came back to Germany and went to my doing job and um, the the way of thinking just completely changed at that point, right? Like, from the from Japan to Germany, there's it's still a big... While there's a lot of similarities, there's also a really big disconnect and big difference there. So I went into, first time, big corporate structure. Well, big for me, it's like 50 people. Yeah. yeah. But um, into the corporate structure and figured out, okay, how, how does it work? And in Germany, there's a lot of, like, things that are supposed to be done the correct way, right? There's always the correct way and the right way to do things. So um, there's always someone then saying, yes, you should do it this way. And then you talk to the American or colleagues from, from US or from India, yeah. and they say, well, yeah, we do it this way. So uh -huh. like there's different ways of doing it, but there always has been, in, in, in my experience, in Germany at least, someone who's saying, this is the way it should be done and this is only the right way. Yeah. Well, I never really stood behind that. I always been like, yes, well, I personally don't believe this is the right way. We should probably try to do it this way. Um, but this was not the established way. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was me being a newbie at, at stuff. I still think this, yeah. to, to nowadays, I still think didn't change my, my opinion on that. But I had 
I talked to a lot of other people from other subsidiaries of ours to figure out really like how do they do that? How do they do that? Everyone has their own ways. But it only seems that only in Germany people are really like really so simple-minded to put themselves only on this one solution, say, this is how it's done, this is how it should be, and there's no other way. Maybe it's also because of my bosses or people I'm working yeah, with. Yeah. But like those people were so simple-minded that they only the only way to really solve the solution is just only through this um, action. Yeah, yeah. And even now, after four years later, I still think I would be correct. I would have been correct in the very beginning. Um, and of course, nobody listened to me because I'm the newbie, right? Yeah, yeah. But oftentimes, I believe it's very interesting, very good to have newbies on the board because they th- see things from a different perspective, different way. And they can tell you, look, you're fucking up here, mate. Yeah. You, you just thinking only in your tunnel vision, this is correct, which is not. There's so many million different options there. There's people that work with investors. There are people that work without investors. There's people that work with, I don't know, slavery. I don't know if that's still happening. But, I mean, looking at big tech companies like Apple, yeah. fabricating everything and outsourcing it into China where people are working under slavery conditions, yeah. slavery-like conditions. Like, where, why is that different from slavery? And why yeah. do you ask Tim Cook, the boss there, to say, look... Um, What's happening there? No, it's completely fine. It's yeah. a totally fine company and we don't have anything to do with it. It's just the Chinese people. Like, no, that's wrong. Yeah. If it's your company, you should deal with it and you should make sure everyone gets the same salary, same wage. Um, I know it's difficult to do this across different countries because while you say it's different, the same company, it's not. It's legally, technically a different entity. Yeah. So they have other rules, they have other laws. But... It's in your best interest to make everything as much good as your company is. Um, we're we'll all like coming into another <laughs> another thing because I'm rambling on so yeah, much. Yeah, but, but that's, uh, I guess that's that's like a, uh, a good point you're making there, and I I also thought about that a lot, like the structures we're getting into when we are when we are coming to an organization, and there is always like a predetermined structure so you have these um you you're coming in like if you're coming into a company or into like some kind of club like toastmasters for example um or if you're coming to a new job you have these standard operating procedures yeah. and i I'm, i'm curious when you say like in uh, in germany you felt like especially the Germans, had this really like fixed way to do stuff. And you experienced that it as not, uh, I, I, my interpretation, like, like not, a, not, a, not a, uh, an, ad- an advantage in most cases. Did you, did you experience it to be an advantage in some, some cases? Could you think of, a, of some... some Yeah, situations in which you, you look back and say like, wow, okay, it was good that they had these clear structures, clear organization and yeah. Stuff well, like yeah, of course. I mean, there is definitely upsides to, to having a structure in place like um, renting a car, for example. Yeah. Like um, I have a company car company yeah. owned yeah. Um, I pay for it so it's mine basically and we handle these cars as belonging 
to the employee. Okay. However, company space is like company has the ownership of the car. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a mix between those. But yes, that's much easier that we have a structure that you can just leave everything to the company, that you can have them do the leasing contract, them have deal with all the all the paperwork, deal with all the, the money. Because in the end, what happens is you... Um, what is happening? Is that your phone? It could be. <laughs> well, it should be okay, Google. <laughs> oh, it's okay, Google. Yeah. I see. Well, look, Google is listening to us right now. <laughs> that's not good. No, that's not good. I'm going to get sacked because I talked about Tim Cook or something like that. Yeah. We should not just do any conspiracy theories or we're going to be bad here. But yeah, getting back to the point. So um, in that case, having a car is... Um, the only thing I do is tell them, yes, I want one. I give them my signature and they handle everything. So my salary gets reduced by the amount the car costs every month and including the taxes and everything. And I have a brand new car. Every three years I get a new one. Boom. Um, and yes, that's, that's good. definitely a really good part where we're having these structures in place is very good. Yeah. Um, but I think it's still is very hard to how to say it like i think it it is bad for a lot of decision making a lot of times so i believe if you're in an executive position if you're someone leading your company um not ne not necessarily somebody working in the inner structures right um inner structures you need an understanding of processes like in the land like line workers yeah like well not just line workers just like um People making sure that the company is working, coordinating in between the company, like the COO, for example, oh, okay, okay. who is making sure the structure is working operatively, yeah, that everything yeah. is correct. So okay. in that part, you really need the structural understanding and to make sure everything is working correctly and um, you need to really set up these clear lines that are easy to understand um, for everything, everyone to follow and a clear command structure as well. Yeah. The more clear you have it, the more easier people are accountable for stuff and stuff. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're working wretched strategy and something like this, all of this just completely goes out of the window immediately. Yeah. Because you should not think in natural, usual terms. You should think in, in bigger pictures. You should think in strategy. You should think in, in like in dreams part of that, yeah, right? Yeah. And in, in, in more like. In stuff that doesn't really have a value at the at the end of it, right? If you're just talking about someone like, oh yeah, let's make a bean factory, yeah, yeah, that doesn't have any value at all until to the point when you're really sitting in front of it, founded your company and made a bean factory, yeah, yeah. and, and you sell, started selling beans. You should it shouldn't be like really the same uh, like um, department that has the idea of doing of, of uh, building yeah, yeah, a bean yeah, yeah, company yeah. and building the bean company. Yes, that are correct. Different that correct. Completely correct. I agree with you. But for our small company, that partly intersected okay. with each other. So okay. we had um, an operating executive there um, being part of the decision making. Well, I mean, executive should be part of the decision yeah, making, yeah. of course. But um, being a small company, we had people who were working on the operation of everything and the processes being in charge of the strategic decision making as well. And that is not working. Yeah. So um, it, it, it doesn't help if you have a really process 
like loving person at the top of comedy because the comedy can't grow anymore. Yeah. It will just eat up itself at the same point because you're only getting more processes and more processes. That doesn't stop. So you need, and that's why it's actually a really good system, I believe, we have nowadays, that you have always people working together, that you have someone who is the face of the company, someone who yeah. is working the financials, someone who's like working the financials and breaking everything, saying, stop, not that much investing. We need yeah. this and this and this. Look at the numbers and doing the analysis. The other people like, look, this is what's happened from operation point. We have this much income here, this much here. Our people here are not liking. We need another place here. Like, yeah. We need to really get the ISO certification gun or something like that. So really working together and that makes it at which point a corporation is really working as intended as a corporation. Yeah. Unfortunately, in our place, we don't really have that. We have one, two people that are doing everything and um, is it, is it, too small. Is it because of uh, resources? Are there well, too little resources? Yes, we're too small yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah. We, we are working in, in IT, so what we do is open source support. Yeah. We do for free, available and open source software and offer support for that. But we do have... Um, Uh, the line of command is, is divided between different offices and um, it's headquartered in Germany. Yeah. But the, the, the difficult part is to really... Um, that what we've been lately having is to really find a good connection between offices. I, for my part, I'm employed for doing international stuff like international yeah. sales, um, international um, intercom... Inter What is it called? Inter internal communication? Or? In, well, internal communication, basically. Internal, so, okay, okay. Inter-subsidiary and okay. inter-corporate communication. That's what I'm okay. to say. So, talking, updating other teams in other, other countries. Um, making sure processes are well communicated. Making sure that um, critique gets to the place where it should be going to, making sure um, from a international, from the, from the holding company, that the revenue side works, that every operating company is doing their job and that the numbers, correct numbers, go to the correct person to um, do the calculations, that the strategic papers are done correctly and that they get communicated well enough. Yeah, yeah. And partnerships, international partnerships, corporate uh, partnerships, and stuff like that. So you see a lot of like the structure internally oh, yes. and in between all those subsidiaries. Oh yeah, that's yeah. why you can like uh, see some kind of stuff that doesn't go like as efficiently as it could. Oh yes, um, and I feel that what I found out is that a lot of what is not going efficient, what is blocking, is usually the egg. Egos of people, like yeah, people yeah. being egoistic or being thinking that they are better themselves. Like yeah. we got that in Germany. I don't know if it's a German thing, but I, guess I, it's I think a human thing. <laughs> it's a human thing, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But I also think. By the way, are we talking too fast? I just, just realized that <laughs> I, I'm just I going on so. and on. I don't think so. Um, it's like because if, if, if usually you say you should talk in a more slow. Yeah, but way it depends on depends on your uh, your uh, attitude. And My excitement. If you're excited, I'm excited. Letting go. Let's go. 
fast, um, like no, <laughs> it should match your your emotions. <laughs> yeah, but I sometimes feel that I'm going too fast. So, but if I don't go, we're just like a three-hour episode, yeah. three-hour episode or something like that. I guess like, like if I can follow, then everyone else can follow. Yeah, hopefully. But <laughs> I mean, I, I personally listen to podcasts in like two times speed. I guess that's personal preference. I I don't right. do that because uh, I feel like. Yeah, but maybe maybe if someone really talks really slowly, then I would ju- wouldn't just listen to it. So all right. Oh, like, so you're someone like that. I see. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, we shouldn't just waste our time on stuff we don't want to listen to. It. Yeah, yeah. Back to the point. <laughs> um, yes, I think part of this is, to be honest, racism. Um, racism comes in a lot of different colors, shapes, and forms. Yeah. Um, a lot comes in systemic racism where you don't really are at fault for something. It just happens because it happens because the system is working this way. Um, in this case, I believe that... Could you, could you give an example for that? Or is it like... Uh, yes, yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to okay, okay. give it in a good direction so that nobody will hate on me after all. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, it's like... Uh, it, racism is also really difficult to talk about problem. Because it's so subjective at the end of the point. For right? sure. You can't really judge someone else on what racism they experience. And you can't tell them that was not racism. And just tell them, well, look, you're white. That's where you don't get to experience racism in a bad way. Yeah. No, of course you are. Because it's like everybody who has a race. Yes. But it's, subje- it's completely. Yeah. It's ob- objectively, it might be similar. But subjectively, it's completely different from you and a person of color. That's, that's you, you can't judge them you can't or, well no you are allowed and you should judge them but you should not say your experience is worth less than mine and yeah. I don't believe what you're saying is true you can judge and say well um, this is like a bad phenomenon or a good or whatever you can judge in that regard but you cannot say put it on a level where you compare it to your own experience because you can never because compare you're this. not the other person yeah correct right, right. um yes so and in, in in terms of that like racism is a thing i believe that um the person i'm talking about right now and there is especially i feel that is in in our now already well established german office um that people are some of them, at least, are looking at other offices as less important, making less money, um, less efficient, less good because they have less processes. And, well, we are German, so we are good anyways, right? Is and that true? Is, is some part of that true, like objectively? Well, it's hard to say objectively because I'm really my own person and I can only look at things subjectively. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you say, like, they, they are less important for the company, they are less uh, structured, they are less effective. Yeah, well, you, you could see something like that in the numbers, couldn't you? Well, you can see that they are less structured. Yeah. You can see that they are doing things different. But you cannot say that they are doing things worse, that they are doing less, things less effectively. So... You can see objectively differences, but you cannot see objective differences in performance. Okay, so the numbers are not that bad. No, it's completely fine for okay, a company yeah. that size. Okay, okay. Right. 
Um, but the way it's perceived yeah. by some people in the German office is that, well, they are less good than us. Yeah. Well, might be because this office has been in existence for one or two years now, yeah. and the German office for about 20 years. They like, could be. <laughs> no, people don't think about that because they think, well, we're good, we're German. Right? Yeah, yeah. And um, they, or some of these people, really got used to really the German way being the correct way, being the good way. Like, they want everything just to be how it has to be in German, right? And a lot of that happens in, in invoicing, I feel like. Okay. The first thing an invoice comes from an international company or something, it always goes to my office. Okay. Um, because um, procurement, the procurement? Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, the accounting, accounting, I guess, in the end, will run up to my office and be like, hey, what is this invoice? Like, it doesn't work. It needs to be this and this and this and this structure and this and this. I'm like, calm down, mate. Calm down. <laughs> like, it doesn't need to be like this. If you have the minimum standards of this and this and this, it should be completely fine. It's a normal invoice. Yeah. It just looks different. <laughs> a teddy bear doesn't need to be brown. They can be yeah. red and yellow and pink. And if you have eaten gummy bears before, they have a lot of different colors and flavors. So don't worry about it. <laughs> it's what I always try to do. But it's hard. Because some people are really like this deep in their own understanding, or the perceived understanding, I might say at this point, of believing that they themselves are right. And the way they do it worked. Because, of course, it worked. But um, what they don't know is, would have have worked as well if I would have done it differently. Right? They don't really know. You can never know that. Yes, but that's the same thinking of um, a black swan event, right? Do you know what a black swan event is? You should should tell me, because I tried to... to, uh, To listen to the audiobook of uh, of the the book, yeah, yeah, but I didn't. Get um, it. <laughs> so what it is, it's a, a black swan event, and this is I don't know if it's a universal um, a definition or just from um, Nassim Taleb. Um, so a black swan event is a very unlikely event that we cannot see coming. So a big good example is this corona pandemic. Some people were saying, yes, we are. At some point, this might come. This has to come. There has to be a pandemic because we are really, um, really, like, you know, vulnerable to it. Okay. And But most people didn't really know, right? Like, yeah. when, when, like, everyone was hit on the backside, like, oh, this is a pandemic. We need to shut everything down. Yeah. In yeah. the beginning, everyone was thinking... Well, this it's is gonna go way. way too much. It's yeah. going to go away soon. We're not. Why we're shutting down China? It doesn't make make sense. Right? Yeah. And then the uh, theories were coming out with, oh yeah, this is human constructed and it's going to eat the world and we're going to all die. Right? Yeah. <laughs> None of that has happened yet. Not but yet. we are still in a dire situation. Yeah. Like that much is true. So that is a classic black swan event. Nobody really saw this coming, or the, okay. generally the most part. And it has big implications and big impact. And you can't really prepare for it because you don't really know how the specifics will be in the end. You can prepare for it generally if you have a good risk assessment and be like, look, I need to have at least enough revenue or money back in the bank that I can live for one year without doing anything. What happens if the economy goes down? Okay, I need to be able to shoot 
um, animals to get my food or something. Like yeah, this, right? yeah. So you can prepare for a really broad general idea of that, but you can't really prepare for anything specific. Yeah, because you, you didn't and have like the, the masks and everything stacked at home. Yeah, of course. You didn't course. Know that. I mean, people can do that. People do that as well. Yeah. But, um, and his theory is that our lives mostly get decided by a couple of these big events. Like, all the small events in our life are not really that important. And if you think back in your own life that the decisions you made, everything is really... Able, you're able to track it all back to one, two, three, four, five big decisions and big changes in your life. Like, your family, your, your parents died, your parents divorced. This was a really big step for someone. For me, I mean, it's just really recently. My parents divorced. It is a big step. I feel like I really did change a lot and I changed a lot in my life as well and I'm going to change much more in my life. Yeah. And this is one of the big black swan events in my own life of own experience where I can say that happened and that really defines what is going to happen with me from now and what was happening back in yeah. the days. Right. And so this is his, his basic thesis that that, that we get defined by these events and okay. that's why it's very important to figure out how these work and how to prepare for them. Okay. There's different ratings between a black swan and a gray swan. Um, he makes it pretty complex. It is really complex. Like, but but, but now that, I that's, get it. That's, to, uh, to make it really easy, yeah. that is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. And one part in the book is what he's saying is that um, we don't know the opportunity cost of black swans that never happened. Yeah. So, if you prepare, or yes, correct. Like, yeah. so give an example as well. Um, 9-11. Yeah. If nine eleven would have never happened, so if someone would have went out and said, "Look, our," or if we can do the corona pandemic as well, um, if somebody went out to all the countries and said, "Look, your pandemic response is atrociously bad. We need to change it immediately," and Every country in the whole world would have gotten new co pandemic responses like Taiwan has right now or had for the, for the time of the pandemic. Everything would have slowed down and really been contained and really good response. Yeah. Then nothing of this would have happened. But the opportunity costs, well, opportunity costs there are that we would have not noticed. Nobody have, would have noticed and said, look, This is what could have happened. This is what happened. And everyone would be like, yeah, it was just some virus that nobody talked about in Wuhan that um, whatever happened with it, we wouldn't even have known of the virus. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's small. It is what happened in Germany or what still happens because people think like it's not too bad because it, we, we took some great measures. But this will be forever in the history books now. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, I've seen a statistic or like an uh, interesting uh, statistic about the US before uh, last week, a couple of weeks back. Um, Great Depression, so many lives lost. Um, and then they, the corona pandemic wasn't called corona pandemic, but it was called like the big lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people to, to lock people inside the, the house, big right? Lockdown. <laughs> Something like that. Like, yes. Yeah. And it will go in the history books and whatever internet denizens might come up with for names 
that will be the name for the corona pandemic in yeah. the future, right? If it's the big lockdown or big whatever, yeah. um, it will have a ridiculous weird name and will be in the history books. But if that would have all been prevented, we would not have known. And we would have not been able to say this person who or these people that alerted everyone that this might happen and helped change it for the good. Nobody would have told them, good job, you, you did very well. Yeah. Because everything would have been normal. Same thing if you go into the 9-11 disaster, right? Um, to, to planes being, being caught by terrorists because they could just open the door to the pirate. Yeah, yeah. No reinforced doors, no, no locking mechanisms, no nothing. If they would have put the locking mechanisms, everything in there before, maybe nothing would have happened. So they, in the end, Boeing might have been at the point be said, look, why do we put these very expensive doors and nothing ever happened? Like, yeah. why did we spend this money on nothing? Right? And didn't even know that they would have had prevented a really huge disaster with this. Yeah. Right? So that's the opportunity See, yeah. at that point that you don't really okay. realize what you stop from happening um, because you're doing good. And you get it, yeah. And then going back to the structures like inside of, uh, of companies, like, yes. that's really interesting because I, I, I myself think a lot about that when organizing processes inside uh, my company, like how much is necessary. I'm, I, so I'm the one deciding and then, then you're standing there and then you, you try to come up with something that is enough process so that um, not everything gets into chaos. Yeah. But still, you don't want to have too much process yeah. so, and too much structure so that, it's, it's that the opportunity cost is too high. Yeah. Because you don't know, like, like maybe people will, will be fine and the company will be fine without that extra meeting that extra process that extra yeah. control um but maybe not maybe you will see it in in, uh, in two or three months like in half a year then you see like well it would have been better to do that yeah. now yeah you will have to we will have to change that now yeah you, you, you never that's know. that's why you generally uh, that's why i really love the american approach to To learning it's it doesn't really matter if you do something good for your first job if you keep on failing for your first jobs you will then know what will happen and what you need to do because you learn from failure and that's the right kind of learning but in germany it's not allowed to do mistakes it you're generally looked upon bad and it's good if you not make mistakes if you can have a clean blank record and say look i worked there and made this big look worked there made this big um so for a lot of german people and we can get deep into that later as well because yeah. i love this topic well i hate this topic to be honest <laughs> but um, do you think we're getting better like getting better at fading because a little bit yes i don't know i feel like we are but yes. maybe it's just my bubble no i i believe so too i i think so too It's probably because of, um, again, America and like the media nowadays. The influence of, of uh, yes. the US. But in general, I would say yes. Yeah. Um, let me quickly rewind for one, for one yeah, point yeah, again. Yeah. Um, I hope I remember it still. <laughs> What was I talking about? I think it was the, the, uh, 
the 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 German office doing really better? Like, or we're we're going way back, or <laughs> no, 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 not way back. Right, just this second before, before we started to get into Bang processes. <laughs> yeah, you you did processes on your. No, we have the opportunity costs. Yes. Like Swan event. Yes. That being like nine eleven. Yes, and after that, oh fuck me. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm too excited. Sometimes yeah, yeah. I'm too excited, so I, I lose my lose my point sometimes. Uh, That's all right. We, we we can get back to it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, like it's people. People really have a clean record. That's where it was. Yeah. Blank slate, and they generally get to be appreciated and very like hyped up in Germany. Right? They look at people like, oh, this person did this good, this good, this good. There's no failures on the on the um, CV, so higher. But I honestly believe that it's actually a different way. You should look much more at the people that keep failing because they have a much more broad and better understanding of the whole situation because they've been in bad situations instead of the person that has done everything right for, until this point. Because if something fails, you don't know if the person who has always done anything right can deal with it. Yeah. But you know that the person who does so many things wrong definitely can deal with it. You don't know how good they will be in the end because they have failed a lot. Yeah. But you know that if something bad happens, they are the correct person to save your company instead of the other person. I would try to to um, to like get in, in between because I don't want to have the person that always fails. Yeah. I don't want to have the person that always Maybe I want to have the person that always succeeds, but what's more important, it's, it's, it's really like a cliche, it's also a cliche uh, question for, for like, <laughs> if, you, if you want to employ someone. Yeah. Uh, but still, I think that's so important, is how do you respond to failure? Like, yes. what if shit hits the fan, how do you respond? Completely agree there with you. And if you, you, you don't want to have, I don't want to have someone working with me who, if something goes wrong, really, yeah, he gets into chaos himself and he yep. can't be, yeah, structured and yep. work on a solution rather than on the pro, on the problem. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, that's like the thing in between I would rather choose. I mean, it's completely right. Like, uh, I think there's, there's no, um, there's no argument made against what you say right now because um, that definitely is the best of all words right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I wanted to say is that people need to learn to really differentiate between perceived success and perceived failure because perceived failure doesn't mean failure and perceived success doesn't mean success. Both perceived success, even for a long time, could also mean failure in the future. And um, you really need to weigh out everything against the same. If you have a graph going from 2010, 2014, um, whatever it is doing, you don't know how it will end up in five years because it will just change. No matter how it will be, it can always change. You can never connect the dots in the future. But we always think we are so smart that in the future we say, oh, yeah, look, we've seen this corona pandemic coming. Yeah. 
We all knew that something like this would happen. It's so easy. Look, it's just dot, 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 boop. Corona pandemic. Yeah. Obviously, very obvious that something like this would happen in the future. But that's not true. Nobody knew, actually. And that's my argument. Yeah. That's why it's a completely... Well, well, I'm, I'm well defined black swan. guilty of that. Because I, I, was, I was like... Uh, I was really... Until... I, I mean, like... Even... After we locked down in Germany, I was still no. I, w I was still saying no. It's it's not happening. It's not <laughs> happening. Like I, after after Carnival in, in Germany, yeah, I was uh, no no on Carnival. I was I was talking to someone and getting getting to know, and then we spoke about spoke about the news, and I was saying that I don't really like to uh, regularly read the news because. There is so It's much sad garbage. Bad news, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and um, then then and then there was a lot of misunderstanding. Like, why, how how can you not read the news? And I was I was saying, well, it's 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 not it's not helping me a lot. I choose what I consume. Yeah, and then then I asked, what's what's the what's the most important topic at the, at this uh, time of uh, of the year? And she stated, coronavirus. I was like, yeah. That's why I don't read the news. That's not important at all. <laughs> so, prove me wrong. So, okay. <laughs> so, so your, your belief was really like, it's going to go away. It's not yeah. going to do anything bad anymore. Yeah. Interesting. And that was at that point when... When, when we started already, lockdown. It was already bad in uh, Italy. Oh, right, so it March. Was really, it was really February, the end March? of February. Mar February, March. okay. Right. Like, really the day of Carnival. In, in yeah, Germany. right, right, right. Because Germany went to lockdown like... Oh, Two three weeks after that, I believe. Yeah, it was like 15, 16 because, of March. Yeah, because at the beginning of March, I went to Japan. I remember uh, that. I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's still going to be okay, I thought. <laughs> because I was also in the mood. I yeah. was also like, we're not going to lock down all the countries. That's not happening. Yeah. It's never happened in my lifetime. It never happened in my parents' lifetime. Why should it? The only... <laughs> like, we're not going to stop the Olympics. Because yeah. the only time the Olympics ever were stopped is because of war. Right. Not going to just do it because of a pandemic. So I went to Japan, and then I stuck was stuck there. <laughs> like, it was really interesting because I, I was supposed to go for two weeks. Yeah. And um, I flew with a lot of Polish airlines. And um, after one and a half weeks, um, they they didn't even put out like like a, a notice to me via email or something. Like my flight could cancel. Nothing. They just, on their own website, it said, well, the flight is canceled. And I, <laughs> I mean, I, I was consuming the news as well. And I, I got to know that um, I don't know if my flight was going. So I wasn't going into it saying 100% my flight is 100% going. I was going in like, well, let's see a couple of days before the flight is going to see what happened. And what they did is um, Poland shut down all the flights. So all... England flights and like they weren't allowed to fly for about three or four weeks yeah. completely. The only yeah. thing they were doing is bringing Polish people back. So you were not able, able to go through Warsaw at that point. And yeah, my flight got canceled. So after two weeks in Japan, I was like, well, I guess I'm here for a little bit longer. <laughs> It wasn't too bad because I was with my girlfriend at that point. Yeah. So that was fun times. <laughs> It was hard as well at some yeah, point. Yeah, sure. Um, um, but yeah, like we we went um, when we, we lived together for that point. So that time, so 
in the end it was one month and the longer it took the more pressure was on me as well to think about like maybe i need to fly back maybe japan shuts down completely couldn't you get back through german airlines well just uh, think about that moment for, for, for a moment right now because we were in a situation unprecedented always and flights shutting down left right and center um ana wasn't flying much anymore lufthansa wasn't flying anymore and i got myself onto a, a list of foreigners abroad yeah. and you get news from people being stuck in the us not being able to go back to germany again while that is okay living um in a foreign country it's definitely not okay living somewhere where you like um are on holidays right we need a hotel and something like that. so yeah. it was okay for me still that's why i didn't because really worry you, about you it didn't live in a hotel yes yeah. and i could still do most of my work yeah working in an it company was really good for that part because i still had all the work right it was a little bit less but our engineers were still working normal like nothing really changed within the company we didn't get shut down people just yeah. worked from home at that point yeah. and i worked from japan right yeah. um yes i did have less work to do because less work was incoming for me and had a lot of time to deal with my anxiety and, and part of dealing with the with the world in that way right yeah yeah um but yeah for the most part that was that was the thing and um my idea was i don't know why i was 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 hanging on to it this much but i was planning on going back again for whatever reason yeah because i didn't want to be stuck too long in japan right i wouldn't have mind to stay longer but um i think that was the reason of of work going back to work and and stuff like getting this normal. getting back to normal as well yeah because yeah you're right it's not my house i was living in yeah um i didn't have my stuff yeah i was yes i was living with my girlfriend that's completely fine but if you're suddenly from now to tomorrow being yanked out of your own house yeah. put in someone else's house that you love that person of course but without anything that you usually have that you could usually do yeah um with your partner being out working different days between 8 and 15 hours a day yeah um and admits a pandemic where you're not sure how the money will come in where it will come in if you're ever going to get out back again in the near future i mean of course at that point i was i wanted to stay yeah and i wanted to stay longer as well because i knew that my family was alright we were calling regularly but i wanted to stay as well to 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 be with my girlfriend right but especially i also it's the yes of course especially especially of course but i also felt that um it's different if you're having a house together if you're living together and if you are living in her place because of a pandemic like it's it's a little bit different i feel um i would have not said no if this would have been my house yeah and if um i had my regular like life kind of like my regular stuff i guess yeah, right yeah. like i my books my 
just something that I regularly do instead of only my computer and only Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because that also was part of why I didn't really like it too much. Yeah. Right? Because I didn't have anything to go out to. I didn't have that many friends. I had a couple of friends because I lived there for a while, you know. Yeah. But, like, that was Corona pandemic time, so we were not meeting um, was it, was there a big lockdown in Japan? Not in the beginning. There was for the schools, but yeah. that's it. Everything else was just going on quite yeah. normal. Yeah. So we were going out. I was meeting friends, but not too much. Did they have a lot of cases? Um, they have cheated on a lot of cases. Okay. That's how much I know. Like, I read a lot of articles in that time as well, which probably also made me a little bit like fall into paranoia. Okay. But like I know that they cheated on a lot of cases and booked them booked death only on um phenomenomia. Phenomenomia yeah, or whatever yeah. however it's pronounced like lung lung issues um and didn't check for corona. Okay. So they were like, Oh yeah, this person died from, from her lung issues and this person as well. Did you check corona? No. Is there a chance that it's corona cases? Nah, definitely not. Like, <laughs> really? You start to doubt that at a certain point if, yeah. if they're just saying, yeah, you, she had all the symptoms that you get and like the lung issues and no corona? Nah, and we don't test for that. No, no, no. Um, so, it really pushed me back into my original um, love-hate relationship with Japan and the Japanese uh, political system and way of handling the big ego as pandemic the big ego like is the big, big ego of the con country well, it's part of it it's fucking part of it like Japan is so much concentrated on really keeping up a, a facade often um, the beginning the cases in the in the ship I don't know how much you know of that but there was a ship anchored that um, you did tell me about that at one point but um, at the very beginning, the very first cases, the very biggest, biggest outbreak of cases after China was this ship in Japan that yeah. was anchored in the Yokohama, um, um, what it's called, uh, uh, where ships anchor the place. Harbor. Harbor, correct. Yeah. Um, and um, there was coverage of that from one quite famous um, Japanese uh, epidemiologist. Epidemiologist, yeah, is it? Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's what we call. Um, who was was working with illnesses, and he was checking the quarantine on that, and he figured out and made a long report about that, and gave it basically to Twitter, which uh, <laughs> it's not a good medium, but like he made a blog entry as well, and like he gave it out, and in the end, it said this quarantine is very bad and is by way not enough to to protect anyone here in this ship. Yeah. Um, the quarantine rules have been broken. He isolated himself for two weeks after going to that to check the quarantine because he said the quarantine was so bad that he himself was fear having a, the fear of being infected yeah. because the quarantine rules were breaking, broken. There was no clear separation between quarantine lines. And he really came out with an atrociously, like, atrociously bad rating for the quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, Japan... In the end, so I don't know what happened, right? This also goes into um, theories which I don't think are supported. But he later retracted his statement and said, well, everything seems to be fine now. They seem to have fixed it. Okay. Um, 
one hand side, I read parts that said they didn't fix it. They just wanted to give him pressure to say, look, you're going to stop saying these bad things. Okay. You're going to not make us look bad anymore. So they strong on them. Him. On the other hand, sources say, no, they were fixing it. So I don't really know what is true there, but I know that there's both from both sides as well, from the Japanese and from the international media, both sides actually came forth and said, like, look, this is what happened or this is what happened. And nobody really knows what, what happened in the end there. But um, following up on this is the counting. So the numbers were counted differently. In the beginning, they were counted as not Japan because it's a ship outside of Japan and it's not belonging to Japan. So, which made the Japanese national media inside say, yeah, we don't get many cases. It's quite good here in Japan. First of all, because they are not testing. And second of all, because they're counting all of that not to belong to Japan. Um, so they really played around with the numbers a lot. Also, national television counted differently sometimes. Um, international numbers and national numbers in Japan were different, different from each other. And tests were not done at all in the beginning. It's basically like the US. Um, that's what you get if you got a strong nationalistic country, right? That's pushing and that has a lot of riding on their own appearance. And that's what Japan has always been and will always be probably. Yeah. Um, they have the big ego there. And what they did is they um, were counting numbers differently and um, testing not much. And the first one, one of the first cases in Tokyo, I remember, is national television uh, saying um, this was a person who was on the train. He was feeling feverish and bad and still went to work. Because that's what Japan is, right? Yeah. <laughs> you still go to work even if you're fe feverish and feeling bad. Mm -hmm. And he was infecting just like a bunch of people because he was on the jam-packed train that you got in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that actually didn't really get that much attention in international media, I feel like. But um, I, I found it very profound and very interesting because that just shows everything that is wrong in Japan nowadays. That, like, the long working hours are wrong, that people shouldn't go to work when they're feverish, um, that you should go to a doctor, that you shouldn't have that much ego to just know it go, that you shouldn't just, like not show stuff right you should just if you're ill you're ill you just don't go to work that helps yeah and um especially if <laughs> there's a global pandemic going around right i mean yes in the beginning it wasn't this hard but uh, i still feel japan tried a lot to to act late and then there's the stuff with the olympics um in the beginning everything that was said was especially national television was yes well um, the Olympics are never going to get cancelled. We're going to make it fine. It's completely okay. We yeah. we assure you everything is completely fine. And Japan will be completely fine with the Olympics. And all our plans are how they are before. J Tokyo 2020, all good. Then the Canadian team cancelled. And said, we are not going to send any of our people to the Olympics this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to protect everyone from the pandemic. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And what did Japan say nationally? Oh, we're so sad that Canada cancelled. Look, we have all made all these preparations here and they were running you through what they set up for the Canadians teams and people already with printed out Canadian, small Canadian flags to oh. invite them. <laughs> and like this 
big propaganda piece yeah. showing that um, yeah we are so sad we are still completely prepared everything is fine yeah. but look the bad Canadians they just said no yeah, like yeah. so basically putting the blame on someone else at that point and saying it's not our fault right we, we, yeah. we wanted everything to happen we did everything to happen and then at some point it daunted on them that it's probably not a good idea to to have the Olympics and maybe you should think about postponing it or and talked about it with the Olympic committee and all of that. In the end, long story short, the decision was made to postpone the, the Olympics or to cancel. Well, I don't know if it gets cancelled, right? I don't know if it's going to be happening next year or not. Yeah. But um, basically, they postponed it. And after that, so month after the whole thing started and month after a lot of people got um, got the virus as well, and month after a lot of my friends' friends um, have been calling in on special helplines saying, look, I got problems. I don't know where I should go for testing. Um, they were generally all sent back and said, nah, it's not going to be that. You're going to be all right. Just stay at home and chill. Um, even if people are saying, well, I, always, I already got a lung infection. I'm a bad patient. If I get this, it would be bad for me. They were told, nah, just stay at home. Just chill out for a while. That's tough. That's the stories That's I know from, yeah, yeah. well, secondhand, basically, because it's friends of friends. But um, that's the stories I know of. Do you feel like this, the, the critic that you post there, like implicitly or explicitly, do you feel like the people you know uh, in Japan, they are sharing or they can understand or... Are they not at all feeling it that way, or is it? I, I quite feel common? that. What is common? Common to to have critic uh, critique about the about the the government. In Japan. Um, well, it depends on the people you talk to. Um, I have always liked to talk with anybody I know. I mean, at least a little bit of politics. I'm not professional either, right? But some of this stuff really needs to be discussed. And I found that if you look under the hood a little bit, a lot of Japanese are willing to talk about politics. Okay. Um, however, a large, bigger, much bigger group is not willing to talk about politics, which is the big problem. Like in Germany, you can talk about politics with anybody. And everyone will have an opinion, as bad or as good as it might be. Um, everyone will have an opinion. Yeah. And nobody will just... Sh some people might shut it down, and sometimes also for good reasons, right? But in Japan, it's usually just like, you don't talk about that stuff. You talk about it maybe in a family environment, very in a very close friend environment, okay. but that's about it. And um, that's really the, the far extent on how you really talk about politics. Okay. It depends on the individual at the end. And um, being a foreigner living in Japan, you have it much easier because um, you're always going to talk about this. Yeah. Um, yes, being a minority, being an immigrant, you have to talk about this. People here in Germany, also immigrants, minorities, will talk about politics in Germany yeah. because they are so much affected by With it. each other. But yeah, of course. Also with, with the Germans or with the Japanese? Well... Um, I don't think we should make a divide in this. 
I'm saying I'm, I'm no, making no, no, the no, divide we, just we, just we for should, saying shouldn't make a divide, but I guess it's crucial. Like for for my understanding, it's crucial. Are you as an as an immigrant able to speak to Japanese people about that? Well, what do you mean by Japanese people? Like go outside and speak to people on the street, mm. talk to my friends, talk to your friends about it. Um, to a certain degree. Um, that really depends on the individual. Like I said before, it really depends on how far does that person allow me to go into the friend circle and how far does that person allow me to talk about this yeah. because in Japan everything is about status the the whole language is built on status so you you humble yourself in some situations you you make the other person better in other situations and it even though the status on a normal day look look look, look at a company status right in your own company your boss is over at top of you so you need to push him up and he like and you humble yourself in talking to the to, to your boss that's just the natural way and he talks normally back to you um, if that boss then goes to i don't know a mcdonald's and buys something he will humble himself again okay and the the server will humble well the server will humble themselves much more okay But if he serves someone, he goes to a customer, he will humble himself to, to talk to the customer again. So it's always built on statuses, and the statuses change depending on the situation you're in. It's, That's pretty interesting. It's quite interesting, yeah, because um, it doesn't really matter how old you are. It generally gives you much... It, it gives you a better standing if you're older and more wise, yes. Yeah. But it really still depends... On the situation, on the status you have in that situation. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you if you. Oh, but if I'm, are you requesting something or are you? Do you want? Are you requesting something or are you giving something? And that's just a really fundamental difference in how you talk about stuff as well. So if you're so, requesting something, then you are humbling yourself yes, more. Yes. Yes, much more, because you want something from the other person. So, um, the other person is the one who is at leisure, who say yes or no. Okay. You are the one asking for something. So you need to be um, formal at that. And humbling means like uh, means something different. So you use language differently. It's not, yes. not only an attitude, but real it's, it's language words. Yes, correct. Like um, there's different words, different honorific words. Um, so for example, let's do the word company. Company is called Kaisha. Um, it's written with um, basic uh, community, uh, like community and um, corporation. Okay. So basically, like community within, like company. Basically, yeah, that, yeah. that's what it company. describes, right? <laughs> um, um, so society made into a corporation and. Um, If you, if you talk about your own company or someone else's company, that word changes. So my own company is Kisha. The Sha at the end is the same. It's the, it's the meaning company. But Ki is more like the... Um, look, I think... Wait a second. Kisha. Well, no. Kisha is your company. Uh -huh. Your, like, benevolent. Your... Um, your... Your, your company, like, putting it 
on top of a pedal saying, yeah, you're, in German I would say, Ehrenwert. Okay, okay. Yeah, right? yeah. Like you're, honorable. You're honorable, honorable company. Yeah, right? yeah. And saying back to your own company, it's Hesha. Like my, it's like my humbling company, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So really, like the the wording actually changes for for when you use it. Even though the the meaning, if you translate it, the meaning is the same, but um, the 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 level on which you talk changes as well. You have some some kind of this in inside of German language, but only I couldn't I couldn't really state the word, but only in. in in humorous terms. Yes, we do. So for my, my, in my humble opinion, yeah. they have, I, I wouldn't know the words, but you, you can say stuff like that, like words that are supposed to put you down a little bit. Right. And at a certain point, we might have used this yeah. back in the day in Germany. Yes. But, but the other way, I, I don't know, like, oh, you, you're, you're honorable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's it's been so long since we you've never used something like this. Uh, honored the other person for real. Yeah, with words. Well, yes, but it's it's not in our language anymore. Yeah. To yeah. to really have this divide, and in Japanese language, the divide is still there, and it's prevalent. Yeah. If you if you just put one word before this, it's just. A lower level still than what you have in Japan, because in Japan you have to put it on people as well. You have to change the complete way how you talk if you honor someone, and yeah. versus if you don't honor someone. And that's why it's so weird. You could be too honorable in Japan, because that at the same time means you're making fun of the status you realize you are in right now. Because so if you if you're too on so I'll give you an example again. Let's stay with the example of, of the company boss going to client. If he's if he's normal, not honorable, the other the client would be like, "Whoa, why are you so rude?" If you're normal, honorable, the other person is like, "That's how it should be done. This is the status right now." And if you're too honorable, he thinks like, "Why are you making fun of me? Yeah. Why are you making fun of this situation right now? Do you think you're better?" Yeah, yeah, but still, we have that in Germany as well. We have it, yeah, and and we, we it's it's also like in uh, your honorable judge, like you you can, you can go yeah. to someone and say like your, your honor, honor, your honor. Then you 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 you're making fun of someone. Yes, we have that as well. But in Japan, it's really like it's very nuanced. Yeah, and it's very hard. To, I I think I myself will do also have problems realizing that a lot of times, but it's. It's so far, it's so deeply built into the society and the language and the structure of everything um, that to, to really have these levels and, and this understanding of, of language that um, it's hard to, to really um, talk to someone on the same level. Do you feel like, if I think about it, I, I still have situations in which I uh, experienced that in Germany. If you have someone who isn't speaking German pretty well, mm -hmm. they're more likely to use... Honorations. Yeah. yeah. And 
like they they would say Z instead of do and they can't correct for it even if you uh, use the right word mm. back to them they won't correct for it because mm. they they will yeah they, they will most likely don't see it as a mistake mm. and it doesn't feel too bad but you you still it feels it feels wrong yeah every time they say they say that but I, of course I, I guess it's it's a different it has a different meaning here than yeah in, in Japanese yeah. in Japan and being a foreigner you're pretty much forgiven most of that yeah like because it's so obviously that you're a foreigner there's like the the foreign people living in Japan is like one percent or so yeah like it's really and really you small can see it. And you can see it definitely because I'm Westerner. Yeah, like yeah. even even among the foreigners, like there's fifty percent Asian foreigners or more um, that are from Korea or China or something like this. And they will see that most likely as well. Nah, okay. it depends. It depends. Okay. Like it, if you don't see it from the face most of the time, yeah. you see it from the behavior usually. Okay. But if someone is really integrated and and got you used to it, like you can't really make it make it on on, on the face usually. Usually. You you can't make it like like you yourself as a as a foreigner or also the Japanese people. Themselves. Well, a lot of them say they can, but I don't believe that because that's not true. Okay, so they, um, because you experience the, because every every most Japanese people say they can realize it, but that's part of the like nationalistic agenda, I believe. Okay, I don't. I, it, it's not. It's not part that that the government is pushing that. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's it's part that. A lot of Japanese people believe themselves to be a better human than others. Yeah. yeah. So it's part of this, like, Nihonjinnon is what it's called. It's in Japan, uh, in Japan, written thesis of the Japanese peoples are better than other peoples. Um, so, and a lot of foreigners really went into that and wrote books about the same thing, okay. saying, oh, yeah, the Japanese peoples is better than. Um, foreign peoples. Yeah, I was just thinking because uh, there's always this uh, understanding, and also it's true that um, different races have like like if you are trying to distinguish people from a different race, yeah. then you have more trouble than they themselves distinguishing them. That's true in I, in all the directions. Like we we can yes. we have it with with the. The Caucasians have it with the Com Asian people. Completely, and, yes, yeah. I agree with that. But I would not say that it goes this far as to see this one is definitely Chinese and this person definitely not. Def yeah, def like, definitely. Especially like, if it's somebody... Would, would, you, would you recognize someone from, from the Netherlands like, immediately without them talking? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. I can say, well, they are... <laughs> looks oh, like but sorry. You, would, you should, couldn't be sure no definitely not and that's the same thing yeah. like I, I can say yeah well they are tall they, they look like yeah. I mean a classical British person you probably yeah. realize like they got the ears different that's like the same thing with the Japanese yes for example, a classical I, Chinese I, you I, would realize well a classic Korean you would realize as well yeah, because yeah. they generally have different face shapes yeah okay but yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that you can always realize and recognize um, that this person is not Japanese, and it's too mixed as well. So you don't yes. have all these stereotypical people 
all living in Japan, all Japanese people. Yeah, definitely. That. Right. I mean, Japan is one of the more really like, what is it called? Mono, um, like very like not friendly to foreigners country. Okay, I'd like okay. to say like, there's not many foreigners living there, not many different races okay. um, because lately it's been getting better and they're getting better at getting more people in. Yeah. in the country but while I was there it was quite hard still to to live in Japan especially like as a non as a blue collar worker yeah from other countries nowadays it's getting easier but in my time you could either be a student or a white collar worker yeah so foreigners really were treated with respect most of the time because they always had good jobs if you're low for low like low level foreigner doing blue collar work you're always a shit yeah. basically and I also um, learned, um, was going to, to, to study off someone years, one or two years back, who was doing a new disorder of some professor was coming, a professor was coming to, to, to have like a colloquium talking about something. And even though I wasn't in university anymore, I went to listen to his talk. Yeah. And um, it was very, very interesting because he was talking about different levels of foreigner in japan yeah and um i caught him at the end of his his talk and talked to him a little bit that i lived there and that i personally realized that um there is different levels even in between foreigners yeah. so if you're a western foreigner you're considered a good foreigner yeah if you're chinese foreign you're considered the bad the worst foreigner yeah. so it depends really like the japanese they all have like this ranking between japan Japanese people better, and then you're at the foreigners. And for some part, you got this here in Germany as well. Sure. Because there's yeah. always people putting themselves on top of pedals to be like, yeah, I'm German, I'm better. Like yeah. I'm saying with my company, that's where yeah. it all started, right? Um, and uh, also, yeah. you have these, these like, uh, statuses in between foreigners. Oh, yes, yes, of course you do. Like uh, people, people giving some kind of minority... A higher status than another one. Oh yes, of course. It really depends on how one, it's. It yeah, depends on yeah. how it's perceived, and it depends on how it's displayed in in the media. Yeah, and it depends on 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 the region as well, I guess. Because, for example, in Düsseldorf, you have a lot of Japanese people. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, it depends on on people how how they how they represent present themselves as well, right now. Yeah. Like in general, in, in Germany, we have the 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 thought of um, well, we got a lot of um, people from Turkey here. Yeah, that they are like rude and loud yeah. and don't know the language, but that's just a stereotype. Yeah. And if we're talking about Japanese people here in Germany, we're talking about people who have white a good color working, work good work ethic, yeah. white color work, yeah. uh, most of the time, very nice and polite. But know the language less yeah. than the Turkish people, but much more like polite. So you don't really, really realize that they are like they don't they not they, they don't offend. Yes, at least like they, they it feels like they are less offending because they are so humbling. Yeah. But you wouldn't know if they are only making fun of you. <laughs> no, you, you definitely don't know. You definitely don't know. If, if someone is smart about it, you, you can make fun of a lot of people. And if you, if you hide it well enough, 
um, that person might just realize it like weeks later and be yeah. like, oh my God, this guy offended me last week. Shit. Now I can't get back up. That, that must be a lot of fun. If you're running oh, around I did this. Offending, offending people and they are not realizing it, that must be the most fun. <laughs> it, it is. But it is fun. It no, definitely it's fun. not fun. Oh, yes. You're having fun with yourself. It's like really, it's like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's funny for me. <laughs> yes. But sometimes that has to be. Sometimes if someone comes to you so bad, you're going to just make fun of them without them realizing. And you just... You hope that they will realize it sometime. Well, not necessarily always. But the thing is, for me, it, I, I did that already once or twice. Yes. I know, because um, it sometimes... sometimes it's, it's a very bad habit because it's passive-aggressive. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. It's really passive-aggressive. So... Um, if, if the other person doesn't realize it, you're like, well, I can push you something because I think you're a dick. You're yeah. a bad person. But, of course, while it's a paradox, because at the same time I'm doing something bad, so I'm the bad person. I know, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I understand the dilemma behind it. But it's still, sometimes you need to tell someone that they are an asshole. And you can't tell it to them face to face. It just sometimes doesn't work. And yeah, for that really you, niche situation, if they don't, if they don't get it, like, oh, there's a way to formulate emails in a specific way that they don't understand, but they you still bring this passive aggressive tone across that they might understand or might to pick, take it off as, oh, this is the way he writes English, or this is the way he writes writes English. Okay, so, so he if 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 he gets it, then. He's offended. If he doesn't get it, then he you didn't make your point. No, like I'm not saying that this is a good practice or a practice okay. we should do. It's just like it's just saying that it's a practice I did in my life, okay, 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 yeah. and I needed to do it at that point because I was really angry. I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the end, like like with everything else, my solution was to say, "Look, stop worrying about this shit. It doesn't yeah. matter." This is the right solution. I mean, but I still wrote a quite passive-aggressive email to that person. And um, it still worked out. Yeah. So either they didn't realize or they put it off as, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Um, or they took it as a, like, and said, well, you might be right. Yeah. Like, so there's these three options. So, and you never want to put off the last option, which... It's very unlikely that people really have this much insight into themselves to say, oh, he's saying this to me and he might be right. Yeah, and there's thousand uh, ways to, to uh, yeah, interpret to print, yes, yes. <laughs> an email. It's funny, if, you, if we talk about ego, then in that kind of a situation, it's so important to me that the other one gets the message. Oh, really? Because of my ego. <laughs> so if I want to want to stick it to someone, then you should get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, for me, it's it's to be honest, it's really just a thing of only being sure of myself. Like I want to make myself feel good because yeah. I know that that person is a dick. So I just gonna put them a bad email to be happy myself that I defended myself. Um, But I, I couldn't really I couldn't really go all out and say this because they would especially if it's a work environment you have to be professional you shouldn't yeah, yeah. really put in all of this so 
Um, I did my best to put it in a way I won't offend everyone, anyone, in a way. And um, I'm fine with that. And if this person still continues, I'm not going to do anything anymore because I stopped this chapter right there. I stopped and I realized myself, that's fine. This is everything I do. I'm going to be happy. This is all my feelings in there. If they continue that, it's not my fault. It's like, yeah, whatever. But if they don't continue it, maybe it was because of what I did right there. Yeah. So I still have the, the feeling of doing something that might help the situation. Yeah. Even though it might okay. also not help the situation. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> most often. Most of the, most of the <laughs> yeah. But most, most times, the people don't really reflect on themselves. Yeah. So, uh, they don't try to learn from pain. Oh, fucking no. No. <laughs> no. People don't even try to go into discomfort, right? People no. don't try to learn anything anymore nowadays, it feels like. They're just out there sucking up Netflix as much as they can and just go to a job that doesn't satisfy themselves and don't really learn. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's sad to see that often, yeah, unfortunately. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I rambled on for so long. I'm so sorry about that's this. All right, that's all right. I actually wanted to hear more about you. and but That's, um, that's what we're here for, talking. Yeah, it? it is, definitely. <laughs> it is. But we, we, we started at psychology, right? And we yeah. stopped there and then we went all the way over to Japan. And, yeah, um, and that was but, quite interesting. I hope, yeah, I hope you, you, you got something out of it. Yeah. So, um, exactly. how long do you want to continue? I guess, like, uh, oh, let's see. <laughs> let's 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 uh, wrap it up, I guess. Yeah, let's wrap it up soon, I would say, <laughs> as well. Um, I, I still have one last question for you. Okay. Um, because, well, I know you as a friend. Yeah. But like through through this podcast as well, I, I you strike me as someone who's very um, focused on um, not just mental but also physical health, yeah. and them yourself feeling feeling good, feeling correct, and um, um, making things right. Right. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't mean like I mean making things right for other people, but feeling yourself that you're going to master your own life and that you're going to continue with your knowledge and gonna have a fun life that's yeah. basically it. yeah um how do you think or how are you using what you learned now and until to now so like especially your your skills in, in psychology how are you using how are you how are you interpreting that into your job and um where does your 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 movement and enthusiasm help you in in, in, in situations you think we can do this at the end, or yeah, is it too we, long? We, we can we can do it. Like, but let me let me get it straight. It's it's really like, how can how did all my experiences um, help you out in in finding the right the correct way? And are, are you struggling with something that you you think you you well not you can't not that you can't overcome it, but you think that um, this really actually prepared you for. I guess like let's let's start at the last one. So um, I guess we are all, and me myself, um, struggling always with something, because it's if if we have that, then then there's no point. So we we will always struggle, and every year it feels like wow, this is the year I really learn a lot, and that's that's the breakthrough. Year. 
that's that's my part of life. That's that's how I uh, experience life. And uh, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's uh, fun. Yeah. And um, it's it's all there. And uh, it's it's good that it's there. The struggle. Yeah. Right. Is necessary to have the fun. Oh, definitely, definitely. And so that's that's always, uh, and I guess that's something we can't and we shouldn't fix mm. that we have this struggle throughout our lives. The problems are staying, but the problems are getting like exchanged. They're mm. always different problems, and that's also something I, I learned in psychology because. Not not only like studying psychology, but also I did some social work mm -hmm. uh, while studying, and I learned a lot about the struggles of people and the struggles that we all have in different uh, in different intensities. So, do you, do you think there's a way for people to use your kind of insights, and that there's a shortcut to get through to these? These, these clear way of thinking of, of attacking and tackling life in a way to make it easier for a lot of people because I think a lot of people are struggling and um, a lot of them just want to find the easy way out like of course everyone does it right? yeah, yeah but like <laughs> I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't advise anyone to to just go ahead and do like well just spend three years of your life and a bunch of money on learning psychology right it's not the best thing for everyone yeah It's not the bad thing for everyone. A lot of people try to fix them th themselves yeah. through study like that. And once they get in it, they, once they get, get into it, they experience and they, they see that it's not what they are meant to to look for or what they thought it would be. Yeah. So if if you think, oh, I want to learn something about psychology that helps me, helps me myself to understand myself better then I wouldn't suggest you studying psychology. Right. I would suggest you trying to, to uh, research on, on, on yourself, doing research on yourself, mm. and also doing, um, maybe if, if you're struggling, looking for a therapist, mm. looking for someone, if, you, if you're not feeling like really sick, there mm. are also all kinds, kinds of uh, uh, consulting uh, opportunities. So basically... Basically, if, if you're struggling mentally, look for a professional who could help you out. Yeah. Or, on the other hand, just basically do something that will help you learn more about yourself. Be it physical activity, be it meditation, be it starting your own company, right. be it working your ass off in another company, be it anything productive at all yeah. that does not mean nothing. Yeah. Okay. Meaning is really important. Yeah, and that's 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 basically it. So if you if you uh, are trying to to that's that's basically what you do. When I when right. I say like every year is uh, is uh, the same and different. Mm -hmm. like every year is the same, and that that you have a diff that you have a different struggle there. Right, and the struggle only gets uh, gets worthwhile when you uh, pursue something that is meaningful. So if you have something you work for that you yourself find meaningful enough, then the struggle is worthwhile. And that's what I would suggest to anyone struggling with the, yeah, the, the basic, the, 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 the 
suffering of existence, like finding something that that makes the wor- the wild work. And that's yeah, the the shortcut. That's not short. Nice. I like <laughs> that. That's a really good end there right now. Um, we've been going for two and a half hours now. That's a lot, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, like. It didn't feel like that. I, I think so. so too. I mean, I I sometimes listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they are pretty long, aren't they? And he always at the very end of his episode, he says, "Look, brother, we went for three hours," <laughs> and everyone says, "Whoa, this is like a time capsule." Yeah. <laughs> this is, to be honest, the first time I really realized that because all the other communications before were like outside or like in 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 Skype or something. I did, yeah, but yeah. this is the first. We are we're here in my place where we're just just sitting down and just only chatting yeah. right um so i'm also surprised that we went to yeah. two and a half hours already fun, so <laughs> thank you so much for this thank you thank you so much for the advice and everything um should i give anything out to to people or to anyone researching this like your addresses um where you live your, your <laughs> income um, your, your, what's income, your money making that's that's the are you looking for a girlfriend or not are you looking for a sex cult or what, what, what are you looking for uh, or are you, are you fine with just just I'm, putting arbitrary i'm fine with, uh, with uh, putting out my my thoughts here and i'm really happy that you had me on yeah i'm anytime again an honor any kind again. and uh, I hope that that people will find it worthwhile to listen to us yeah because that's what basically that's that's yeah my, my hope for that yeah. podcast that people learn something yeah. or at least find it found it worthwhile I, I think you have a really really good um, approach to life a really good approach to, to 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 form your own opinion and I think just we didn't really hear much of your story we heard me well, talking a lot as well but <laughs> Um, I think um, you have a really interesting and good way to make an opinion. So um, if people get can get something out of that, I'm, I really hope that I, by putting this online, will will make this worthwhile as well, and your time here worthwhile as well, and um, that that was a good thing we did. And you're always welcome anytime um, to do a second a follow up of this. Will um, do, yeah, most definitely. Perfect. Really enjoyed it. Anyway, so thanks for having you. And thanks goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.